from the halls of assembly you hear a scream and shout I love of Indiana is manic and devout everything I do we discuss in unique manner we won't be satisfied until we hang another banner us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric and as you probably know by now we're Hoosier Hysterics Hoosier Hysterics Hoosier Hysterics Hello, Ward. Hello, Eric. <laughs> not one, not two, two. Wait, no, two. What are we talking about? Five stars. Yeah, two five stars. <laughs> two of them. Two deuces. Because I was going to go, not one, not two. Not... Wait, yes, it's two. No, it's two. Our math isn't great. <laughs> Got ahead of ourselves. But our recruiting um, class is great. It is. Let's set the stage right now for what's happening on this episode. Oh. It's right now, 1240 a.m. Eastern time, mm-hmm. 940 p.m. our time. Yep. It's been a hell of a day. It sure has. And the day really started at one o'clock Eastern time. When Malik, by the way, do we know 100 percent how to pronounce his name? Uh, Well, there was a gentleman, Zane, who's recruiting guru. He was saying it what I would assume was the correct way because he's a recruiting guru. But I've always been going Malik Renault. Yeah, that seems like what it should be. Yes. Okay. And, and maybe that's Renault. what he says. We'll find out shortly. Yes. So Malik Renault announces that he is committing to Indiana University. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that set off a firestorm of celebration across Hoosier Nation. Before we get to all of the celebration that you and I participated in, mm-hmm. and then let's break it down yep. with someone who can break it down like no other. Let's not forget that, of course, we are powered by communitycars.com. I love the fade out. I love I love the fade out because it just makes it seem like we know what we're doing. And the truth is we do not. The, you're, the, what you just said about loving the fade out is going to play over the fade out. It's so slick. I, it's just the best. I mean, Steve Morgan, straight no chaser made us look good. Look, we're so lucky to have Community Cars as a partner for us. They have been, we, we have been fortunate enough to get to know the family. We've mm-hmm. been fortunate enough to get to know Evan Martin, who runs yep. Community Cars with his father, who's, who's run the company for a long time. This is how and, great of a dude Evan is. We're randomly in town, and he's been on vacation, and he, he leaves his family, and he meets us at the union just to hang out and shoot the shit for like an hour. Like, it's, you know, like, it's not even, we're not even saying, like, hey, meet us at Nick's and we'll have a beer. It's like, you want to meet us at the IMU? We're playing ping pong. Yes. Like, yeah. By the way, meet us at the IMU. We're sweating playing <laughs> ping pong. We're disgusting sweating. I was perspiring. I was definitely sweating. For sure. I, I had the boxers weren't feeling good. Sweating in jeans is the worst. The absolute <laughs> worst. But you're right. Look. It's what makes Evan and that company so great. They're a family. They, they, they treat you like family when you're a customer there. I know I was talking to Evan today and he was telling me about another friend of his 
And I said, well, how did you become friends with that guy? He goes, oh, I, he bought cars from us for, for a while. And I'm like, oh, you just became friends with him? He's like, yeah, he was a really good guy. We just became friends. It feels like family. Any way you want to buy a car, it feels like they're there to take care of you. If you want to buy it the old-fashioned way, go in, talk to a guy, negotiate back and forth, really feel like you're getting one over on the dealership, you go do that. It'll never happen, but you go do that. But if you also want to just do it online, go online, see the different cars that they have in their inventory or order one to, to, to the specs that you want. You just order and build and then send him the file and it's done. Correct me if I'm wrong, but did not an East Coast goon based out of New York named Mike LeBret just order one much in the way that you did from California? Yes, literally coast to coast, coast literally to coast, coast to coast community cars. There you go. Communitycars.com. Check them out. We love them. Huge supporters of ours, huge supporters of NIL, huge supporters of Indiana basketball and Indiana athletics as a whole. So we couldn't be prouder to have them. And we couldn't be prouder to have them at a time like this that is so celebratory. Look, I know we want to get into it. We want to play the Twitter spaces with all the giddy Hoosier fans. But I do think we should say early on before people tune us out, because we know it happens quickly. As soon as they hear our voices, they start to fade, is that so much of the joy that we are celebrating uh, today, feeling this joy, is is due to NIL. Like, there is no way that these players aren't showing up, you know, one from Montverde, who recruits another from Montverde, two five stars. They're not coming to play basketball in Bloomington in the fall if they don't understand already what the players at Indiana University are being rewarded for being Indiana University basketball players. There is a direct connection to what happened for IU players on the team this year with NIL and already a couple deals announced with, with Trace and Race. I'm sure don't hurt either moving forward. But just what happened in the first year of NIL with the current roster was a major factor in the decision of both of these five-star recruits. I think that is absolutely well said. And it's a perfect time to announce we're launching our website. Boom! No further ado, go visit hhnil.com. I mean, could it be any easier than that? (laughs) No. HH, guess what the HH stands for? Hoosier Hysteria. I was going to say holy hell. But yes, Hoosier (laughs) Hysterics hhnil.com go to hhnil.com we try to lay out what our mission is what we're doing what differentiates us i think from other people that are doing nil activities we support all nil activities but we try to lay out exactly what it is that we're doing why we're different where your money goes we try to answer a bunch of questions you might have and explain to you how the collective works and of course There are buttons all over the place to contribute now. And I want to say a special thank you, Ward. We had one of our best days today. Great. People heard the message. And we've gotten, I didn't count it up, but easily over 100 contributions today. Incredible. You know, uh, and every from a lot of people are doing $9.30 or a multiple (laughs) of $9.30 as an homage to $9.30 at, uh, oh, God, what's the name? Bedrock. Bedrock. Bedrock, but spelled interesting, right? B-E-D-R-A-K. But is there a umlaut or something over the A? I don't think so. Oh, okay. All right, so 9.30 a.m., 9.30 at Bedrock. People are doing multiples of 9.30. Somebody do, do, uh, contributed $930. There you go. There we you got go. A, we got a $1,000 contribution. 
today. So really thank you to everybody. And again, 100% of your money is going to the players. 100%. Not 99%. Not 90%. Not 99.9%. 100% of the money that goes into the collective that you are contributing will go directly to NIL deals and primarily with Indiana basketball players. So thank you. HHNIL.com. Ward, here's what we did at 1 o'clock. We might have had a little birdie that told us 1 o'clock would have been a good time to get on spaces and talk to Indiana fans. We might have gotten tipped off ahead of time. So we may have been tipped off by a little birdie that 1 o'clock might be a good time for us to do a Twitter spaces. We did that because we wanted to share in this moment with Hoosier Nation. Hundreds. And it's a, hundreds. hundreds. Actually, I mean, Ward, I checked thousands so well it's hard to tell how many unique people are coming in but for most of the time there was like 500 people in there so i did wonder if twitter will tell you how many unique people came through it's over 5,000 now no shit that means they really don't want to hear us talk for very long (laughs) (laughs) so what we want to do for you guys now is look if you got to be part of that Guess what? You get a little bit of to to relive those moments, which were great to celebrate that. And if you didn't get a chance to feel what it was like in literally the seconds after Malik Renault committed to Indiana, we're going to play you a big, healthy chunk. And in that chunk, we also get to talk directly to Miles, who is the guy that went on Peaks.com and posted that he saw a post-commitment celebration at the breakfast spot. So we get to talk directly to him, which is a lot of fun. That'll be at the end of this. And then we'll come back and we'll go knee-deep in recruiting with the best guy in the world to do that with. So please enjoy this chunk of our Twitter spaces that we dubbed Malik Mania. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome, welcome to Malik Mania 2022, where we are discussing on Hoosier Twitter spaces the recent commitment of five-star forward from Mount Verde, one of the best programs in all the country, Malik Renew, the newest member of Indiana University's basketball team. Ward, talk to me. Bonjour. Bonjour, monsieur. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have, a, we have a hell of a recruiting class, no? Oh, the cigar is lit. The celebration has begun. Good times. Are rolling. I mean, it's it's hard to wrap one's brain around it. You know, getting the good vibes for the last couple of days, starting to let your imagination run wild. Well, unleash the hounds. Like, just start thinking about the level of talent that is going to be on the floor for this program in the fall. Is it's something we haven't seen in a long time, and and it was already on the upswing, and with some of the guys coming back, and maybe Trey's coming back. It was, it was looking in the right direction, but this just puts it at a level it hasn't been at for a very long time. Wait, real quick. Did you just say Trace coming back, or did you say Race coming Maybe back? Maybe with Trace. Definitely with Race. Maybe with yes. Trace, yes. All right, so let's just talk about it. I mean, look, Malik Renew, 
Six foot eight and every bit of six foot eight and big. Like this is not a shrinking violet. This is not a skinny frame dude who's not going to be able to bang in the Big Ten. This is a guy who lives in the lane. He likes it. He searches for contact. He's a very intelligent player. He's a team first guy. He is like best friends with Jalen Hood Shafino, who, by the way, deserves as much credit as anyone for this recruitment happening. Jalen Huchifino has been recruiting Malik Renew since the moment Malik said he was not going to Florida after the change. And probably before that. Probably before that. And he was on his official visit that happened this weekend. He came for the official visit. They blew him away. He canceled his other visits that he had planned to Virginia and Maryland. <laughs> Just Who those guys. Just put a size 18 right up Tony Bennett's ass. I mean, you just got to love it. And here we are with a recruiting class with two five-stars in it, a Indianapolis sharpshooter in C.J. Gunn, six foot six, and Caleb Banks, a rising power forward from Atlanta area. I mean, you have – I haven't seen what the rankings will actually be, but I am betting that the rankings of this class now become a top five, top six class in the country. That's what they're saying on the ranking calculator for 24-7. My question is, you know, who's left out there, right? But I'd say even if there's a couple of, uh, of uh, hot dogs that are going to go other places that are sniffing that rarefied air, we're still going to be top 10, which is where we want to be as a program. And you can't be a top 10 program without having top 10 talent. That's exactly right. It has been the biggest the biggest conversation topic has been for Indiana basketball since the season ended, how do we upgrade the talent? We have to upgrade the talent in a major way. And we had a good recruiting class, solid, with Jalen Huchifino, C.J. Gunn, and Caleb Banks before this announcement. But now we have a stellar recruiting class. You have two five-stars. You and I were talking yesterday. When was the last time Indiana had two five-stars, bona fide five-stars in the same class we really couldn't think of it. I think the best we came up with was, was what, Neil Reed and Andre Patterson? Yeah, yeah, we were thinking them, and then we were like, if, if they were, and, you know, of course, I wasn't following star rankings back in the 90s, but then it had to have been like Pat Graham and Greg Graham if it wasn't Reed and Patterson. But if anybody out there knows that definitively, please let us know. Either way, uh, most of the kids at IU weren't alive uh, or no, none of them were alive when uh, the last time we had two studs like this show up at the same time. Yeah, it is It is remarkable. It is remarkable what this staff has done on high-level talent since it's basically been 13 months. You know, mm-hmm. a, little, a little over 12 months, actually. A little over 12. It's not even 13, because I think, and maybe it's 13. But in 13 months, they have three bona fide five-stars in Tamar Bates, Jalen Huchifino, Malik Renew, in in two classes that they put together. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and they seem to have like a nice, I'm not going to call it a pipeline yet, but clearly the, the rails are greased from Mount Verde and IMG to Indiana, which has never happened before. Uh, this is a big, big deal. This well, gives I, us depth in a way that we haven't had in a long time. And speaking of big, it was like just as you were li- lining up everybody who's coming in, the smallest guy is six foot five, and he's the point guard, and he's thick. You know, these are great like point. Some big, big dudes coming in, 
and uh, though though it's sort of uh, also not like the freaks that go to Purdue at like seven four. And even though uh, Malik uh, plays more of a traditional uh, big role down low, he's still you know at six eight six nine. You know we're not talking about these lumbering giants that are are from an age uh, that is now bygone. It is uh, these dudes right in the sweet spot of the six five to six nine. And um, you know, I mean, obviously, we're still we're still looking at the the twos and threes, uh, threes in particular. Um, like who who are going to be those guys for us? Is Jordan going to come back? You know, how quickly can CJ Gunn come in and be effective? But to your point about depth, it's like we're immediately have more depth, more talent. And when you when you start looking ahead to twenty three with the Gabe Cups and the Jakai Newtons and stuff like that, you're starting to be like, oh my god, I think. I think, you know, because uh, both uh, Malik and Jalen predict to be at least two-year guys, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're talking about a team that not just this year, but next year, even without uh, a Trace Jackson Davis or Race Thompson, you're starting to see how you can keep building. And there's not necessarily yes. like we were even afraid this year there could be this dramatic drop-off. Um, and if not this year, next year. But now it's like, nope, I think I think we're looking – Pretty good for a couple of years at least. I I agree with you. And and you really start to think about what this team is next year. And look, we saw it at the end of last year. Race Thompson, for what, six-sevenths of the year, was the most consistent player we had. And we relied on him so much. And then at the end of the year, he ran out of gas. I mean, he just totally ran out of gas at the end of the year. Well, now you've got Malik Renew who can come in for several, you know, for big chunks of minutes in a game and spell race. You've got Logan Duncan who's going to be a year older to spell trace. You know, you've got, you can move race to the five and bring Malik in as the four. Mm-hmm. Like there, there is some depth here that we have not had. You have Jalen Hood Shafino and Xavier Johnson running the point, And I don't even know what you want to call it. Counterpoint. You know, because, yeah, because look, and, and I think if, if, if anybody watched the NCAA tournament this year, you saw a North Carolina team with R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, two guys who love to have the ball in their hands and playing two guards. And, and they won a national championship a few years ago, North Carolina, with two point guards. So you're starting to see just this increase of talent, increase of skill and an increase of cool factor for Indiana. Mm, Let's not absolutely. forget that. Let's not forget that you now have two five stars who just won. Let's not forget what's happened with these two guys, Jalen Huchifino and Malik Renew. In the last two weeks, they won the national championship of high school mm-hmm. basketball on ESPN. That was a nationally televised game where both of them were starters and huge players in the run to the championship. They then, then, then they go play <laughs> in the Michael Jordan All-Star game. Yeah. Where, again, they were both featured. And Malik, really, I mean, Jalen Huchvino could easily have been the MVP of that game. Huge game. And Malik played really well. But these are guys that other guys see, wait a minute, they're going to Indiana? What's that? 100%. 100%. The year after they got Tamar Bates, who also played for IMG, crosstown rival down there, another top program. The cool factor of playing for Indiana is at a level that we have not seen I mean, I don't even know. I mean, maybe the Cody year, you know, when we got Yogi and all those guys in the wake of that. But holy hell, is this exciting. I mean, this is just super exciting. And it not only bodes well for 
the next, you know, I mean, look, look, we know the assistants are already looking as far out as 2025, but they're still looking and, you know, have a visit, I think, starting today uh, um, with a transfer portal. Even even when some of these guys are looking right now at making a move, seeing something uh, like what just happened 11 minutes ago with Malik, that factors into like, oh, I have a year or I have a couple of years left in college and I want to make a deep run, um, you know, it's as long as you're not going up against a couple of these guys uh, for playing time, IU is very attractive to shooters. I mean, we can debate if this gentleman from Wichita State is the shooter we really need. I would say no. But, um, you know, let's say they get their head out of their butt and go recruit Mike Davis's kid before it's too late. I mean, I think... That one seems like the ship has sailed on that one. Damn it. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, but I don't even want to talk about anything negative right now because... I get it. Look, Operation Talent Upgrade is working. Let's just start there and end there right now. Let's go to some calls right away. What do you say, Lord? Yes, I agree with you, Eric. All right, let's go to Ed Bornman. Ed Bornman, please hit that microphone in the lower left so we can hear you. What would you like to say to us on this glorious day, this glorious Indiana Hoosier hysteria day? Ed, what do you got for us? Oh, man, what an amazing feeling. Like, uh, I probably hit tweaks or peaks uh, 500 times yesterday. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. just, you know, living in California, you kind of feel, you know, not a part of it. And, uh, yeah, man. Really? Yeah. I think Warden, I feel very much a part of it right now. <laughs> well, you guys go back, like, it seems like every week, it seems like you're back in Bloomington, but... Uh, That's true. But Peaks does wife, help you feel part of it. Oh, for sure, it for sure. I was in Hawaii last week, and, you know... Oh, I, yeah. where were you in Hawaii? Uh we were in Kauai and Oahu, and I literally was like, you know, I was on late for there, but people were still just like hitting the page, and the number just kept rising. And it was like really fun to to watch and kind of be a part of, you know. Yeah, well, I was in Maui. Same thing. Oh, nice. I would be, I would be there, what, whatever it was, at like a six hour time difference at that point. And uh, and it would just be sweeping in at the end of the night to see every last morsel. And then when I w- woke up in the morning, same thing. And there would just be hundreds of more posts since I went to bed. Yeah, it was crazy. The numbers are nuts. It's it kind of reminds me of um, the Romeo recruitment where yeah, it really sure. numbers. Ed, when was the last time you were this excited about Indiana basketball? Uh, in this moment, this moment of excitement? Uh, probably back when I was in school and, you know, I had Charlie Miller and Neil Reed and Patterson in my classes. Nice. And I was just like, yes, you know, it was like they were five stars, right? And uh, probably, I, probably yeah, I think not. Charlie might have been a four star, but but yeah. But yes, to your point. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm, I'm, I'm jacked. I'm, I'm so excited. And it's just like people said oh yeah woodson's not going to be a good fit and it was the right indiana guy it didn't have to be an indiana guy but it was the right indiana guy and uh i'm he's, excited he's yeah man it is awesome all right ed we're gonna let you go and move on to the next one cool. be good thanks you too, good stuff ed aloha my friend oh uh, look let's go to our old friend jeff Dix. haven't talked to jeff in quite some time uh jeff one of the original listeners to the hoosier hysterics podcast back when we were I was going to say back when we were just two idiots yelling at each other, but we're still two idiots yelling at each other. Same difference. Same difference. Jeff, how are you? Doing well, doing well. 
And I just... What do you think, man? I just have one question. What's Noah that? Noah who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny is you said that, and I'm like, is he talking about Noah Vaughn? Really? Like, that's how out of my memory it is now. Like, Noah Clowney, who cares? All is forgiven. All is forgiven. <laughs> how excited are you, Jeff? Uh, goosebumps, man. I'm in the middle of yeah. my work day, but uh, yeah, goosebumps. It's pretty exciting. Very, very fun. Yeah. I don't have much time, but uh, I am listening and uh, got to get back to work. But uh, nice talking to you. All right. Guys. Good to hear uh, from you. Be good. See you, Jeff. I am shocked that Jeff did not use even the small opportunity he had to insult me and compliment you because yeah. that is the history of our relationship with Jeff. But it's just such a big day that, you know, uh, we, we've got to, as you say, focus on the positive. And not talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Matthew Ryan Haskell. By the way, Matthew Ryan Haskell's uh, Twitter profile pic, I don't know if anybody else can see it, but the dude's jacked. Yeah. Look at him, in the tank top with the gun show. I mean, Matthew, what are you doing to us over there? Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you chose that for a reason. You're showing the gun. an old picture, though. That was like four years ago. I just haven't changed it. But uh, do the guns still look like that? Oh yeah, they they do. All right, uh, all right. Well, there you go. Um, uh, how you feeling? I mean, well, I mean, obviously elated, um, but it's crazy. So much, so much has happened in the past twenty minutes. Um, I jumped onto Twitter and uh, saw that I think it was like a, an account with rivals tweeted something about how Malik had just picked up like four. Um, four predictions that he was going to commit to Indiana, mm-hmm. and it bumped us up to like over ninety percent, and it was it was crazy. And I was like, "Holy shit!" I mean, obviously the uh, the uh, visit went really well, and then there was a comment yes. in there that someone, yeah, I don't follow the guy, but he just said one p.m. and my heart just you know doubled in a beat per minute, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what's going on?" And then. One minute later, I jump onto Instagram. Jalen Hochefino hops onto his Instagram live, and he's saying that he's not in Bloomington anymore. And of course, people are asking about Malik. And then, right as like 1 p.m. hits, all of a sudden, I get the tweet that he's committing. Right when that happens, Jalen like veers the camera over. Malik's sitting right next to him, wearing a Hoosier shirt, and I yeah freaked out. So they timed it out for. I'm telling you, Jalen Hood Shafino gets it. Jalen Hood Shafino gets it. He knows what he's doing. He had some fun over the weekend. He posted an Instagram video where it was him and Malik walking, I think, right near Buffalo's. Right. And, and, he, and he kind of was having fun with the camera saying, hey, not going to lie, but he told me he's right. coming. And yeah. then he shut off the camera. I remember like, I, Jalen Hood Shafino's got some swag to him, he's got some entertainment value, he knows what he's doing. And well, he recruited fun, him, right? Like, yes, like, yes. I think that's, and we hear that about Woody too. We've seen it a little bit around the program that it's like, oh yeah, they're there to work. Everybody knows what they're there to do. Uh, but man, that doesn't, in fact, it not only uh, does it stop you from having fun, having fun can, I think, actually help create that vibe, that chemistry, that thing that people want to be a part of, whether they're from Florida or Kansas or Georgia, they get around that kind of energy that that really flows from the top down with Woody, and now we're seeing it with guys who, who aren't even in Bloomington full time yet. This is this is this is a bunch of really good dudes who like to have a good time, 
and are awesome at basketball. Yeah, man. All right, Matthew, we're going to let you go and move on to the next one. Be good, Matthew. Hell yeah. Go Thanks ahead. for joining. Um, the other thing I want to mention before we move on to the next uh, ward is that I do know that on the official visit, you know, obviously Jalen being there was a – just you cannot overstate – how important that was and how important Jalen Hutchitino was overall in this recruitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously building a relationship with Woody. Kenya was the lead guy on this from the beginning, but was also impressed with NIL opportunities that existed uh, for players and athletes at Indiana. And it's what we've been ringing the bell on since we launched the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. And I'm just saying to everybody listening to this, NIL matters. It matters in us getting high-end talent because they want to go to a place where they know they have opportunity. And if you want to have an impact on keeping this train going and continuing to make this happen, then please consider giving to the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. It's very easy to give. Any amount matters. You can go to PayPal, and PayPal, our PayPal um, username is uh, at... Wait, what is it for? Hoosier Hysterics <laughs> at gmail.com. Sorry. Hoosier, Hoosier Hysterics at gmail.com is our PayPal. Uh, I'm telling you, it matters. It matters a great deal. There is no more direct way you can impact Indiana University getting talent like Malik, like Jalen, than by contributing to the collective. Those guys all talk to the current players. They know what opportunities Indiana University, and uh, frankly, uh, 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 like so much of it came from the Hoosier Hysterics Collective of what happened last year for our players, okay? And that when they are seeing and listening to these guys about, hey, this thing is just getting started, this NIL thing, and we already all got paid this year, you should come here and know that these opportunities are going to be here for you and that those opportunities are only going to increase and get better once there's uh, already we have a lot of contributors out there contributing every month on a mm-hmm. regular basis. And yep. that is huge. That is like money we can rely on and we know we can rely on as we want to roll these deals out. Um, and, you know, look, now Jalen and Malik are coming along with the other guys mentioned. And we got we got to we got to come through once they arrive, because then there's a class of kids behind them and a class of kids behind them that are going to be talking to these guys. And we need you know, it's not a one year. Hey, we did good. And we can ride the wave of that. It's got to be steady from now on. From yes. now on. This uh, is how college basketball works now. And by the way, Richard Keck, you're the first one to take us up on this call. You just gave money to the Hoosier Hysterics Collective by going to PayPal. Hoosier Hysterics at gmail.com or if you want to use Zell, 818-653-3851, 818-653-3851. But please, if you love this feeling, if you want more of this, this is the game that we have to play in. And we are ready to play and we are dedicated to helping Indiana basketball. That is our primary purpose. So this is super exciting. Uh, let's move on. Let's go to Jeff Bowes. Jeff, uh, Ward, I, I haven't sat down since we started this. I got the cigar. I'm smoking a very special Arturo Fuente cigar, very special, limited edition. I'm pacing around like an idiot. Uh, I'm just losing my mind. So, Jeff, how are you? Jeff, can you hear us? Oops. Jeff, are you there? Gentlemen, I'm here. Uh, can you hear me? 
Hey, there, there he go. is. Yeah, Hello, what's going on? For you here. I, I'm, uh, I just left Kirkwood. Uh, believe it or not, was in Buffalo. Uh, balmy, nice. Uh, or nice, uh, warm, uh, 40 degrees here in Bloomington. You know, drag ass, fun day. Mm-hmm. And we get this dropped on us. I mean, how mm-hmm. amazing is this? Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. How you feeling? Well, how you so feeling? I have two sons that work at Buffalo. And we know what guests they had over the weekend on the official visit. And I shit you not, my, my son comes home and tells me this. He's like, yeah, there, there were a couple recruits in, uh, you know, making their visit. And he said, I swear I heard one of them say, I'll really get used to eating these wings. I'm like, I'm like, you're just, you're just with me. He's like, I swear, I swear, I swear. And then we get this. I mean, just, you know, I might as well be in California right well, look, 90 degree weather. I love it. Well, look, one of the things that's going to live on forever in Indiana uh, lore, recruiting lore, is if you if you belong to Pigs, you probably know about this. But if you don't belong to Pigs and you want the firsthand knowledge, like this is where you want to be on the Pigs message boards and be a VIP member. Because there was a guy who was at breakfast where Woody and the staff hosted Malik on Sunday morning. And as it was reported by this gentleman who's an IU fan, he was there, he was watching it. At the end of it, Woody went outside with Malik, had a conversation. Woody came back in by himself, ostensibly saying goodbye to Malik. The visit was over, sat back down, and the table exploded. They exploded in celebration. And that guy posted that, and guess what? He was right! (laughs) That is exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. He told him he was coming. Most, you want the most informed stocking available. Pigs.com is your only source. <laughs> That's exactly right. But also, like over the last two weeks, Jeff Rabjohns, who's been all over this story, has been dropping hints about how strong Indiana's position was here, how weaker some of the other positions were that people thought were strong, like Miami and, and Georgia. And and we really had, we really had this thing on... Uh, on cruise control a little bit over the last couple weeks. And that's not the greatest metaphor. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But we had it in the fast lane, let's say. And when when the visit for Malik was uh, officially scheduled and the family was was open to it being released, Jeff Rabjohns put the story out there. So uh, Pigs has been really fun to follow during this entire time. Jeff, I, I love that you were at Buffalo's, man. That is a good place to be for news like this. Walked out to all the grad students. Uh, striking at sample gates, the clouds <laughs> nice. grow, the sun shine. We got Malik. There you go, man. Perfect Jeff, day. thank you. Thank All you, right. man. Take care, guys. See you, brother. Yep. Uh, let's move on to oh, Windy City Sports. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Windy maybe City they, Sports. Maybe they're at the Jordan Brand Classic. White Sox fan? Uh, Bulls fan? Apparently a fan of Notre Dame, but also the Hoosiers. Windy City, are you there? How's it going, guys? We're good. Man, How are I am you? excited as all ever right now. Yes. Sure. Uh, yes. So is it for sure Xavier Johnson's coming back? It is as sure as sure can be right now. Man, yes. I mean, if we get Trace Jackson Davis back, I think we're a top 15 team in the whole country. I mean, why stop there? Yeah, good point. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what the hell? What the hell? 
I mean, two guards that can both handle it, that can get their own shot, that can distribute. Big man who's borderline All-American. You know, a glue guy in race. Five-star talent in Tamar and Malik Renew. I mean, who knows? Who knows? It's all exciting now. What the hell? We're going to the Final Four. I haven't been this excited since 2016. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, and, and And that was a different kind of year, too, because... You know, it didn't start yeah. off great. We had a great run in the Big Ten, but no one really expected it that Oh, year. I know. Yeah. You know, the truth is there were higher expectations the next year. That is. You know, when we started off great and OG was now a star and Thomas Bryan came back and like that was like, oh, my God, we beat we Kansas. Beat and North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, let's, two top five teams. Let's start like that. Let's start this coming season by winning in Lawrence. That'd yes. be a good start. But then have the season end really well too. It is cool that we get to play the national champions. Oh, at their home yeah. court to start the that season. That's pretty amazing. cool. Like I can't believe the ratings are going to be through the roof for that game. Yeah, and there's just going to be so much excitement for this Indiana team. I mean, uh, your Windy City Sports. It seemed. Were you at the Jordan Brand Classic? Were you able to go to that game? I had to. Uh, 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 I had to work, unfortunately, but I wanted to go so bad. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Damn, you know? It's so much fun, like, being able to follow these guys on the national level when they're right. at and these it, programs. And it turns out you're going to be able to watch those guys play together a lot. Oh, yeah, because anyway. I'm only <laughs> – I go to Bloomington every other weekend because I'm in college and I go there. So, oh, oh, nice. So I've, I've just been there. I'm a sophomore, so, like, I, I can't believe this team's coming, like, together when I'm there, you know? Like, I'm, I'm excited for this, man. Well, you're going to have a fun year next year. And, and, and it seems like it's set up for many fun years after. Oh. So, Windy City, what's your real name? Uh, my name is Nathan. Nathan. Good to meet you, Nathan. Good to meet you guys. Thanks for having me. You be we'll good. See, we'll see you in Bloomington. See you in Bloomington, guys. Let's go Hoosiers, baby. That's right. Uh, Ward, Jeff Dix has requested to speak again, and I can only imagine <laughs> that it's because he would like to compliment you and insult me. So, let's just see. If, I'm here if, for it. Let's see if Jeff actually does want to take advantage of his missed opportunity. Jeff, are you back? Jeff, are you there? Maybe it was a butt request. Might have been a butt request. All right. Removing Jeff. Couldn't hear you. Let's go to Cody. Cody, are you there? Are you there, Cody? Cody Hopper. Hit that microphone in the lower left so we can hear you. What's up, fellas? Can you guys hear me? We got you, Cody. What's up? question to see here, and then I'll, I'll hop off. Uh, how do you guys think? I mean, I know the kind of the talk's been around kind of Jordan playing the three. Obviously now, like with Malik yeah. coming, I mean, I don't think he's going to be starting over race at the four, but how do you guys think this kind of impacts Geronimo uh, uh, kind of coming back in the kind of the fifth? I think Jordan's coming back. I mean, so I, I, I don't think it affects him in that regard. I think he's coming back. He's been working out every day with the coaches and the managers and, you know, the workouts that they're allowed to have. He was with Cliff Marshall and several teammates for Easter dinner yesterday um, or Easter meal, I should say. And, uh, and I think, yeah, I mean, he wants to play the three. His people want him to play the three. Indiana is open to him playing the three. And I can tell you that in the workouts they've done with him so far, all they're working with him on is perimeter skills. And they've been very impressed. They're already impressed with his shot. You know, they, they were impressed with it last year and thought that it got a lot better. They think it's getting even better. He's shooting it with confidence. He's working on, 
you know, getting the ball and ripping through and making a move and getting from the perimeter to the hole. They're working with him on that ball handling. So they seem to be very excited about Jordan Geronimo. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of possibilities here because you could see a lineup of Jalen Hood-Shafino, Xavier Johnson, Jordan Geronimo at the three, Trace at the five if he comes back, and, and then Race at the four being subbed out for Malik. You could also see Tamar Bates in that lineup and pull somebody out. You know, go a little small ball. You, I mean, the, you, the there's a lot there. The defense there, like on that lineup, is gonna be insane. But I think, like, when you look across the, I mean, tomorrow, but like also, like, I think it was very, very hard to keep Trey off the floor at the end of the year last year. Um, and like, so I'm just kind of curious to see how that plays with like, the rotations and everything. Cause, like, I mean, this is definitely the most talented team I feel like we've had since, you know, beginning of 2016 when everyone got hurt. But like, holy cow, the rotation, it's gonna be, uh, a headache it's, for the coaching staff, but it's a good headache to have. Yeah, just just hearing those names all doled out, it's like well, that's like eight, nine dudes uh, that you know even last year's team could have easily been a starter, and now it's just going to be it's going to be a really yeah, like you said, a headache for the coaches to try to keep everybody fed. But at the end of the day, it's Indiana University basketball. And if you're not uh, better than the guy next to you, they should be in the game instead of you. So it's like you, you want all these guys to succeed and um, and to get out there and to get some run. But now there's this embarrassment of riches where hopefully Coach Woodson can really, you know, as soon as possible start to see these guys together and really like, okay, who actually makes sense together out on the floor at any given point in time? But if somebody's hurt, or dictated by a certain matchup, he's going to have three, four, five guys on the bench that he can pull from uh, to, to, to keep it rolling. And I, we just have not had that luxury, you know, yeah, probably going back to 2016. I mean, yeah. if you're alone, you have a, you're going to have an Indiana Mr. Basketball who's, what, your 11th man? Who I looked mean, very, like, competitive, maybe. like, very good last year when he was in and, like, kind of, like, little short spurts, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that if you're talking about Anthony Leo, I, I think Anthony's probably the 13th guy, truthfully, yeah. on, this, yeah. on, this, on this roster. I think for Trey Galloway to see the floor next year anywhere near as much as he was seeing it in the back half, he's going to have to shoot the ball. And if he can't shoot the ball, it's going to be harder for him to find minutes this year because I think we're going to have more guys and a little bit more depth on guys that can, can do a few more things. So, uh, But, man, it is a good problem to have. Cody, thanks so much, man. You'd be good. Uh, let's move I'm, on to, well, go ahead, Ward. No, no, you, you, you tell us, invite somebody down and then I'll, I'll mention. Um, okay, see, here it comes. I just wonder what's, what's, oh, yep. go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, CJ, just like the way he started scoring as he came on later in the season, um, uh, that I know it was high school, but at the end of the day, he's a big dude. He should be able to get his shots, um, able to rise up and hopefully knock some down. And if, if he didn't start to contribute uh, this year, that could be huge because we're still lacking shooting. Like, there's right. no doubt. And I think we're going to uh, make up for it in a myriad of other ways that, that weren't available to us with players developing or the new players coming in. But ultimately, it still may end up being our Achilles heel. So if one of the current players can really come on and really start to, to, to dial in their shot between now and the fall – or CJ just shows up and can really bring that, he could be a part of the conversation too. I don't think to start, but to be pretty quick uh, I off think the bench if we need to. I think you're power. totally right. Daniel, hit that microphone in the lower. 
Hey, how are you there, on, Daniel? Man? I'm here. What's, what's up, going man? On? You tell us. Uh, first of all, I, I'm so excited. I'm having a hard time focusing on yep. work. Um, <laughs> I've got a cigar that's staring me in the face that I can't wait to break what you out got? as soon as the what day What you got? Ends. What time? Um, well, let's see. It's a, um, I think it's a Dominican. I'm not sure what the brand okay. is. Uh, Macanudo. Oh, Macanudo. Old classic. Macanudo. Used to be made in yeah, Jamaica. So. Went to the Dominican Republic. Nice, smooth, creamy, mild cigar. That's a good one, man. That's a good celebration cigar. You're the guy to ask. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I, uh, I brought yeah, it up. Good one. Um, I'm just, I'm just curious, like, is Bedrock 930 going to be the most, like, famous, uh, thread in Pete's history? Yes. I mean, it is, there is no <laughs> doubt that it will live. I said to the guy who posted it, I go, congrats, man. You created something that will forever be used in Pig's lore. Bedrock, which is the name of the, the restaurant. I hope I'm pronouncing that right because it's spelled in a weird way. Yeah. But Bedrock is the name mm-hmm. of the restaurant that they had breakfast with Malik where the news was shared from Malik to Woody that, that he was coming. And then there was a little bit of a celebration at Bedrock at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday. So, yes, I mean, it's, it is just going to become part of the vernacular. It's code now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm. I'm honestly. I feel like honored that I was a part of uh, that thread, and I spent Easter Sunday just refreshing pigs. So it's uh, going to go down in lore. It absolutely will. Thanks so much, Daniel. Awesome. Thanks, Be guys. Good. Appreciate it. Get back to work. Oh. Wait, Ward. You got to stick around for this. We've got a special guest. All right. I've got two minutes. The man who started Bedrock at 9:30 a.m. The man who was at the restaurant who posted a picture of himself with Malik, who reported that he saw the celebration happen. We have him, an exclusive, a Hoosier Hysteric Spaces exclusive. Miles. Hey, guys, how are, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? I love it. Miles. The, the man, the man, uh, how are you? <laughs> We're perfect. Walk us through, walk us through the Sunday morning that you witnessed, right. please. So... It all, it all kind of started late Saturday night. Me and my buddy were out and celebrating my birthday, which was Saturday. Um, he awesome. told me that, you know, they were coming in. He's told me before when he sees them there, but he, was, he knew that uh, Malik was in town, so he let me know. I ended up setting my alarm for 8 a.m. at, like, I think it was, like, 2 in the morning so I could wake up. Wake up. I don't know how I did it, how I managed to, but I get there. Got there a little early. Um, saw everybody pull in, you know, Malik, the whole staff, uh, JHS, which was awesome. Just seeing those guys up close, they're ginormous. Um, and then I'm sitting there eating, um, I'm actually walking back from the bathroom when Malik and Woody come in and I see them go back to the table, start hearing them talk. And next thing I know, they're all just going crazy, like banging on the tables, cheering super loud. Um, and then I actually got, so I was sitting right behind him. So I got the pleasure of hearing Woody talk to him a little bit. Like he was just talking about like, you're coming here to help us try to win championships. Like just glad you're part of the team. Like it was so cool to be there for it. I mean, that's something I will never forget. And then just to, that is so cool. And then just to see what happened with the thread. I mean, that's been the craziest part. I was laying on the couch pretty much all day after that breakfast with my buddy, just kind of refreshing every now and then. And then I texted my buddy who works at Bedrock and like told him what was going on with it. And he told the owner, and I mean, I don't think she quite understands like how big it actually is because she's not a huge sports fan, but definitely want to 
reach out to her about some shirts or something because if enough people oh yeah man you you they should they should give you ownership in the restaurant (laughs) i mean you're gonna you're gonna make that place like a landmark hey i hope so you know you put them on the map i hope so because they've been a good family friend for a long time and you know, if I can. where is that restaurant? So I don't know where that restaurant um, is. It's where Chocolate Moose is. Um, it's right next to that. Um, so is that on what street Walnut. is that? Is that Walnut? Yeah. Walnut? Yep. Got it. Yes. And it's been one of my favorite places for a while. But I want to talk to her more about, you know, if you could try to set something up. I want to see if she'll do something with Malik, some kind of NIL deal, because that would be cool. Hey, man. We're, we're there to help. Oh, yeah. We're there to help I'll, make that happen. I'll talk to her and then see if she'd be interested in that because I don't think she quite understands what it is, like I said. But if we could facilitate something like that, that would be badass because... That is awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, you, you uh, through, through persevering a birthday celebration and waking your ass up early, oh, yeah. you, have, you have been... Uh, you know, memorialized <laughs> as part of Indiana recruiting lore. You are part of it, man. That's you are awesome. part of the story of this recruitment. That's it's really awesome. cool. I've been a lifelong Hoosier fan, so just to be involved in something like that's pretty damn awesome. Awesome, Miles. You be good, buddy. Thanks, you too. That was Malik Mania. Obviously, I here's what happened was once Miles came on, and I was like, this will be a great way to wrap things up, at least for me, I'll get out of here. But then I was going into the building where I thought I was I was doing color correction today, and I realized I'd accidentally wait, gone... Wait, Ward, come on. What's color correction? Don't You can't assume everybody understands what you're talking about. Don't it's use that just, industry jargon. It's just making my new film look prettier. And it didn't look great to begin with, so it really needed color correction. So some people might think you say color correction; they may think you're doing something that could get you canceled. Well, I mean, we'll see. That you know, not too many people have seen the film yet. Let's wait until it comes out to decide if I'm going to be canceled. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. But the 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 point being is, I went into this building and I was like, okay, I got to hang up now. I'm about to walk in, and I'm already five minutes late. And I realized. I'm at my dentist, which is like two blocks over from the color correction building. So I immediately like that at that point, I don't even try to like gracefully say goodbye on Twitter spaces. I just hang up and I have to run back to my car, drive two blocks down. And I'm even later for the session. Did you get a teeth cleaning? I mean, did you at least just get a drive by cleaning? I stopped right before I put my hand on the door. Because it's like, it's two blocks away, a very similar looking building on the second floor. So I was about to walk in through the front door when I bailed. You were so delirious and happy from what was going on with Indiana basketball that you went to the wrong building. I mean, you were just on autopilot. You had no idea where you were going. I was totally locked in with all of Hoosier Nation and being regaled by Miles' uh, incredible firsthand account. All right. So that's the emotion. That. What we just got was a taste of the emotion, and we're still riding high on the emotion. But now it's time to get into what does it all mean? Not just this, but what it means for the rest of the recruiting picture. And there is simply no one in the world. You look like you're about to say something, Ward. Well, I was going to say, what does this mean for the rest of our lives? And then I'll also follow up with, (laughs) he's not the best guy in the whole world, in the universe. In the universe. Like, you really look, think there's somebody off planet who knows more about recruiting than this guy? No. Yeah, look, I don't want this to spiral into an alien conversation. <laughs> oh, you so, know I which, do. Which I know is where you're leading me. We're not going to do that. 
but there is no one better in the universe. Ward, in the multiverse. Boom. No one better than the rabbi of recruiting, the rational one, the reasonable one from the DMV, and now Pigs.com senior writer for the last 11 years. Please welcome DJ Jazzy Jeff Ramjohns. That is one heck of an introduction, boys. I enjoyed that. Rabbi, uh, uh, Rabbi, entertaining day. Man, just just give us give us what you what you think this means. Just big picture. Bam. What does it mean we got Malik? I'm um, I can I can I go with two things? Yeah. You can go, can go with 17, Rabbi. 17. Okay. Well, I think the biggest thing is it continues a significant talent upgrade. You know, three national top 30 players in the last year almost exact almost calendar year it's almost april 19th to april 18th wow you've gotten three national top 30 players so when you talk about what's happening it's not a small upgrades the upgrades you're starting to get multiple bigger upgrades and obviously we've talked a lot about ranges and we can you know we can get into that if we want but this is this is the top shelf okay and these in my opinion are almost the ultimate top shelf recruits for this reason they're not one and done guys. Yes. You're going to get them for multiple year guys. If you can get top 30 talent that you get for multiple years, that is almost the ideal because then you can kind of sort of build around them and plan for their sophomore years. And who knows, maybe even a junior year, you know, I, you know, these guys, these guys are going to be around for multiple years. So I think that's kind of one because that's what's in, that's what's happening with the whole roster. You know, you get Tamar Basin, then you get Jalen Hutchinson, then you get, you know, you know, uh, Malik Renault. So it, it's a continuation of of building the roster. It's obviously uh, Malik singularly is is a big time talent addition. You know, he's six eight, six eleven wingspan, um, weighed in at two thirty eight the other day. So basically, he's Race Thompson walking into college. Okay, mm-hmm. Race is six eight, seven foot wingspan, two thirty five. So Malik is six eight, six eleven wingspan, two thirty eight. So basically, he's physically is is race already he's a little more athletic um he's certainly far more skilled entering college than race was he's got the ability um to do so many things on the interior he's got great feet he's got great hands he understands balance he knows how to um you know actually set up the pivot foot and that may sound like a like a silly little thing but so many guys in high school they really don't understand what the hell you're supposed to do with your pivot foot they're just down there trying to create space go left and right well, Malik's footwork is really, really at a high level, which is what you'd expect coming out of a mop bird. Um, you know, he's got a little baby hook to him. Um, he's, he's got a step-through move. Uh, he, he's got a lot to his arsenal, so it gives him a chance to come into college and, and have some production right away. Um, so that, that's the other thing that I think is really notable. And then the third thing is IU is tapping into elite pipelines, elite pipelines. Montverde has won the last two Geico National Championships. Um, IMG has won Geico National Championships. Obviously, Jalen Hutchifino, Malik Renault from Montverde, Tamar Bates from IMG. It's been a long time since IU even had a chance, really, to get players from those kind of pipeline schools. And when you build relationships with those places, and 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 you know their their players go to your place and play and develop and do well, you get to go back. You get to go back, and that's a pretty good place to go. So, to me, those are the three things that jump out the most 
as far as what does it mean that Indiana landed five-star Malik Renault? Did you see the Mount Verde tweet tonight? Yes. I guess our guys look good in red and white. Yes. I mean, that's that's a pretty cool thing to have happen because I, I think I brought this up on the spaces that we just played, but let's just be honest. We haven't been the cool school in a long time. Right. And this is cool. I mean, this is really cool. Woody's got swag. Woody has some cool factor. Yasir Rosemond has swag. Kenya Hunter has swag. And getting these three guys that you just laid out over the last calendar year from the two of the top five programs in the country is cool. And we know high school kids and transfers like to be cool. They do. Yeah. And and I know I'm not cool saying the word cool this many times, but, but maybe the opposite. But there is just something about this momentum and these players and where they're coming from that gives us a veneer that we have not had in quite some time. And we've seen other schools have it. Villanova's had it. Kentucky's had it. Duke's had it. Carolina, Kansas. Michigan State at various times has had it. Memphis had it. You know, uh, Arkansas and Alabama have had it. We have not. And we do now. And I just think that matters. It really matters. Well, it does because recruiting is, you know, we're talking high school kids, okay? You know, yeah, they're, they're going to analyze basketball program to some degree. You know, the parents probably do it a little more. Coaches probably do it a little more. Most high school players, you ask them really when you're just sitting down, you know, tape recorder off, you know, you know, things that you remembered from your visits. And I love doing this sometimes, especially like when guys are in the NBA, you know, and you got the open locker room for games and, you know, you're done with your work and you're sitting there telling, talking and you ask them about stories. They remember stuff that they think was just really cool or jumped out at them or, you know, man, the, the, the housing thing was just badass or, oh man, I walked into coaches office and he's sitting there in this freaking ridiculous Italian suit, man. Like, you know, little things jump out. And you're not going to necessarily win recruitments because of that. But if you do have some swag and people do have just, um, you know, there's got to be bored beyond cool and swag, but it's just, you know, I mean, they got the drip. It's just far as how you look at me. Come on, man. I get, I get, I get, I get at least two gold stars for that. But it's not. Look, just I would visual. give you more gold stars if I hadn't learned what drip meant from Eric saying it to the basketball team. <laughs> oh no, that's so sad, <laughs> Ward. That's so sad, brother. Oh my gosh. But no, when I mean, we when we, we were in Portland, when we were in Portland, I used that word like with almost every player that we ran into separately, and every time I would just kind of look at Ward afterwards. I'm like, "Huh, you like that?" And, and, just, and <laughs> while the player walked off in the opposite direction. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, but no, so, but I think you know a program having some, you know, some personality, some snap to yes. it, some grip to it, it is a thing, and. You know, I mean, Kenya Hunter has it. You know, you can read the, the quotes that, you know, Malik said. He was like, you know, he, he said he's young, but he's old. Yeah, I like, I like that. That's a he good knows description the- of Kenya. It really, I've never heard anybody say it just like that. And obviously, you know, Yav's, you know, young and he, you know, he's got some some vibe to him. And Woody clearly, you know, has, has vibe to him. And 
And Brian I also Walsh think, now too. I mean, Brian's Brian's been working behind the scenes, but now that Brian's uh, up there with the other assistants, I think we're going to see his drip in effect. We should hear some. We should hear some. But the the other guys just got it, you know, just a little more established. You know, they oh, just yeah. had more 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 time in the chair, so to speak. But you know, I think, um, and I think this also shows how good Woody is in the room. Mm. You know, we've talked about that before, but I think it's becoming. A, a clear trend here, you know. Woody is Woody is good in in, in the room. Um, and did, did, I, wait, I think, stop, stop. What? It's one a.m. Eastern time. Did yeah. your phone just buzz? Yeah. What? Don't in ask the world. Don't ask. Surprise! This is the rabbi of recruiting on the day we landed a, a, another five star. All right, but what what <laughs> is the text you just got? You don't have to tell us the specifics, but give us a general area that it is about. Let me look at it. Could it be about the other official visit that's happening right now at Indiana? It's not that interesting, no. Oh, okay. It's not, but you got to remember, I use looking at some kids out on the West Coast now, so my days of having to stay up till two a.m. might be coming back, which we'll is we'll part get of into life. that. No, no, we'll no, no, just no, no, come no, visit us. Not yet. Oh, yeah, we, it is. You got to take that. You got to come out here and visit us. I can come out there. I can see recruiting prospects. Maybe hang out with Trace a little and watch him train. Got all kinds and, of excuses. Us, kinds of excuses. Yeah, he didn't mention us at all in that <laughs> yeah. list. Of no, things. no, no. I'm saying I want to come see you guys. I now I have a built-in work excuse. Yes, I, I can just. It makes it justifiable. Yes. Yeah, just, but let me tell you something. When you submit that receipt for expenses, it's a little different the bill in Los Angeles for three people having dinner than it is in Dayton, Ohio, or Bedford, Indiana. It's just going to be slightly different bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exponentially different. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Rabbi, I want to. Um, we talked about you know kind of what it means for Malik, and I want to get into roster construction a little bit more, and what it means for Indiana as a program. But I would like to take a step back and just kind of get into the weeds a little bit because I think people really are um, interested in just how this all played out mm-hmm. and and how we got here. So let's not go all the way back, but let's at least go back to. Malik Renault decommits from Florida. Okay. Walk us through, you know, what you know about what happened after that point and, and how we even got into the position where this was a possibility. Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, um, a couple days before he announced he was reopening, uh, a, a little birdie whispered in my ear that this is going to happen. And, um, you know, the Malik actually like was pretty interested in Indiana the first time. So Rabbi, Hey, you probably want to pay attention to this one. And then, um, you know, more Intel from plugged in people, you know, kept coming in that, okay, you know, he, he's going to reopen. It's going to happen here. I think, in, I think, I think it was two days when I got the first heads up and then he formally reopens. And then I find out, um, Hey, uh, Jalen, Jalen Hutchfino has already been working on him telling him, you know, you need to come with me with Indiana. This is a great place, et cetera, et cetera. And then I find out Kenya is going to jump in hard, not just kind of like give it a go, but no, he's going after the commitment, not just going to jump in and start having conversations. So it's like, okay, you know, when Kenya goes hard, his batting average is pretty good. Um, And obviously Jalen Huchifino and Malik were really tight because they were on the same five both years. You know, they were both reserves as juniors, both started this year. You know, they, they live in the same same dorm. They've got a number of the same classes. They're together a lot. Those guys are genuinely tight, not just not just good teammates. 
even though they are good teammates. Well, and, and Rabbi, to clarify, to take a step back, you said uh, Malik was kind of interested the first time. So mm -hmm. was was he having conversations with Kenya prior to committing to Florida back back in the day? Yeah, Indiana was recruiting him. Indiana made, okay. I think, I think his final list was seven. You know, and Indiana was on that list. Okay. But Indiana kind of jumped in a little on the later stages. Uh, Mike White at Florida had done a very good job, to his credit, identifying Malik very early and went really hard. Um, so Indiana was involved, got to the got to the the final final seven, whatever you want to make of, of seven. But anyway, I I was there, and Kenya was doing work, and they just couldn't. Florida was so in so deep that you know he was just really comfortable and said why take a whole bunch of visits if i know i want to go to florida let's just go ahead and commit and at the time it was it was somewhat reasonable but then when he, he announced that he's going to reopen you know um you know kenya was ready to go and jalen hood Shafino was already working on it so mm -hmm. i really had two two lead recruiters really uh on on malik and that's, then that's just good leadership by jalen that's just putting his teammates in a position to win <laughs> yeah. It's a good point guard action right there. Totally. So, it, you know, it, 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 things kind of progress. And, you know, he's trying to figure out what he's going to do. He schedules three visits, Indiana, Maryland, and Virginia. And there's a number of things involved there. But, you know, there, there were some factors that people didn't really want the whole list to get out real early and et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so it kind of like, I, I think we did a pretty good job with our hinting on the on the Malik Renault mega thread, but he just couldn't come out and say when. But once I found out that he was going to do, and, and Eric knew this as well, you guys, you guys both knew this, you know, when we found out he was definitely doing the Indiana visit after the Jordan brand game, even before we could say it, that that was a pretty big tea leaf because he's going to be at the Jordan brand game. He's going to be there with Jalen. Jalen and Jalen's mom were going to go with him down to, to Bloomington. That was a big thing. That was a really big thing. So you have Jalen and Malik there, Malik's mom and dad, and Jalen's uh, mom, and the parents get along. So you've got teammates and parents, and it was a really good group. And I think it was two, three days before the Jordan brand game when a little birdie kind of whispered in my ear that, hey, um, this visit's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. And, you know, you need to be prepared for the possibility that, that, that he makes the decision. So I decided, okay, you know what I need to do is I need to get my butt up to Chicago and go to the Jordan brand game. So, <laughs> uh, I did that, and uh, thanks to the kind the kindness of ESPN's Paul Biancardi, even though I was not on the media list, he took care of me and got me there, sit scores table, we'll take care of you. You know, when Paul B helps you out, somebody is really, really helping you out. Yeah, and by the so, way, you, you didn't go incognito. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't – I. I assumed I was going to be in, but would be sitting in the back row because, hey, you know, all the other media seats are full. No, Paul Biancardi says, my friend is coming. And they're like, oh, that's, that's, that's Coach B's friend. All right, I'm putting him right next to the scorebook. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I hadn't even shaved. I'm wearing a crazy L.L. Bean shirt. I'm you like, went with. Time. You went with the '70s drapes. Uh, uh, are, are, now, are, are you are you ragging on LL Bean? Is no, no, no. Are you ragging I, look, on LL Bean? Come I on, know man. very little about LL Bean, but I've never seen you wear a pattern that looked like uh, a picnic blanket. And and and. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> and it was loud. It was loud and proud. But wait, before we, we get into that and being there, I am curious from a from a journalistic standpoint, but also you are feeding the beast of IU fandom. Insane. How yes. How hard is it for you to not tell people when you know 48 hours in advance that he's visiting or even further in advance, how hard is it for you to not just say, guys, the visit's happening? Like, is there any part of you that just wants to explode and just tell everybody this is happening? Um, I mean, I guess a little and, and, and earlier in my career, it, it was really difficult because you're doing all these mental gymnastics. You know, what am I supposed to do? How do you do this? But when you, get, when you get a little more into your career and you understand how important sources are and you understand that you just don't burn sources. You just don't. When they say, I'm going to tell you something and it's embargoed until this time, you, you understand that's just the way it is. You know, and, and if somebody else would have would have gotten word of the visit and tweeted it out beforehand, I would have said, hey, I got I got beat on this one. But it doesn't matter because the sources that I'm protecting have been valuable to me and will be valuable for the next couple of decades. Okay. So it's like, I think now I don't really worry about it much. You know, okay. I know sometimes on the message board, people are like, you know, why can't you just tell us? And I understand that, you know, because they don't have to, the people on the board, the, the casual fans, they don't have to deal with sources. They don't have to deal with going to sources to get information. They haven't spent a couple of decades building relationships with people. So I understand when people are like, why is this so difficult? And it's like, I can kind of explain it, but it's kind of boring. You know? um, but no, it's, it's really not that big of a deal anymore. But, but isn't it also so much of the fun of your job is to have some juicy nugget, a juicy bomb that you can tease just a little bit just a little bit like on the premium board and not in endanger your relationship with the, the source and just see all these sharks just swarming all over this <laughs> chum you've tossed into the water like you you have to get a perverse pleasure from that well i don't know if it's a perverse pleasure but yeah it's kind of fun because you're it's trying just, to just pleasure <laughs> you can, well, i mean people are really really passionate about this stuff so sometimes you can't tell them everything but you can tell them a little bit and you can at least give them hints which way the wind's blowing, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, goodness, we've almost developed our own coded language in a way on the board. It's like, for sure. I can hint at, you know, like when I kept saying, people, what well, is there going to be a visit? Worry not. I didn't right. say he's going to visit. I just told you not to worry. And after a couple of days, like most people got it. But no, it, it is fun. And it's, it, it's part of the whole enjoyment to be like that Malik Renault, that mega thread. That's kind of like the board at its best, really. Yeah, it really is because everybody's talking and it's like they're trying to understand all the hints. I'm trying to do what I can to make sure that I'm protecting the sources and not saying something I'm not supposed to say. But it turns into a very, you know, pretty much a high energy, enthusiastic conversation that went for what, three weeks? Yeah, it was an incredible snowball of of emotion and fun and momentum. So so. And you mentioned that we have our own code and Ward brought that up too uh, earlier. And we'll get to the new code that's been added, we think, th these these last few days. Yeah. But but the Jordan Brand game happens and then you are able to announce. Oh, sorry. I Before, before we get too far ahead, I'd kind of like to get uh, Rabbi, you know, we've, we've got some of it on the boards and in your writing, but just a little bit of what you saw courtside with those two guys going up against the best talent in the country. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, they both played really well. Obviously, you know, Jalen was, you know, kind of surprising in, in making three threes. You know, he, he's, he's an okay three-point shooter, but that's the part of his game that needs the most improvement. Um, you know, he's pretty much elite in everything else you want a point guard to do, but, but you know, the three-point shooting, something's got to come. So he goes out there, he makes three threes. He has a couple of them off the dribble that you look at and go, okay, you've really been working. The other thing is, you know, he's still got that brace on the middle finger in his shooting hand. Mm-hmm. That, that finger has not healed. It's just he can sort of like stretch it and, and you know, get it to where it, it's less painful and he can play with it. So he had a really good game, um, had another one of those uh, step back, um, you know, mid-range shots that, that really is kind of his bread and butter. You know, Malik had some, some scores on the inside. And, uh, and, and that was actually one of the better national all-star games I've seen in years because people actually passed the ball. That was actually passing in that game. Now, the defense, mm, I mean, it was a little bit of defense. There were some guys who challenged each other, like Jalen challenged Keontae George a couple times. Um, you know, uh, one of the other guys really challenged Jed Howard. There were some guys going for blocks at the rim. Uh, but you're not getting the physicality. In the game. Nobody's, nobody's trying to get hurt. Nobody wants to risk blowing out a knee. But, but it was a really good game from the standpoint of people did share the ball and, and they were really trying. And you throw the Elam ending on there and it's like, okay, you have to make plays to win the game. You I'm can't telling just you, let the clock run out. I'm telling you, it's better <laughs> basketball. It is. It is. You, have to make all, you have to make plays to win the game. There's you a game, there's the a game winning run. shot in every game. <clears throat> there is a quote unquote buzzer beater in every game. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and but also the other part is it gets rid of fouling. There's yeah. no reason to foul. There's no reason to foul. There's no reason to stall. Right. Exactly. You, you, you have you're to just trying. continue to run your offense to get the best possible shot you can. If right. there's a foul, it's because a guy ha- either had to foul or or didn't mean to, but but fouled. It <laughs> is better. But it it does make the end of basketball games better. It, it really does. Yeah. No, I'm actually all for it. I mean, I, I don't know if it'll ever get, you know, regular know. acceptance. But, 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 but honestly, but, does anybody like the end of most basketball games? I'm not talking about games that are really close. I'm talking about, like, true. if you're down by four points with, like, a minute or, like, 30 seconds left, foul, free throw, foul, free. It's just boring. It really time out, is. Time out. Time out. Yeah. The Elam Ugh. ending changes that it's genius it, it really is genius and i think it's so ridiculous when i hear people go well it's so exciting and we love it it's so much fun and the players love it it'll never make it like to the nba and the nba guys say that and college basketball say it I'm like wait a minute did you hear what you just said about it right <laughs> we love it it's amazing it makes things more exciting but we don't need no, any more of that what? rest right. assured the big 10 will be the last conference to adopt yeah. it. <laughs> exactly yeah. Exactly. Uh, All right. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. So, that's right. so, yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. You know, they, they obviously, excuse <coughs> me. So, you know, after the game, you know, they go, they get their stuff, go to the hotel. Sorry. I'm trying to do this without coughing too much. Cough, cough. No, it's, and also, no, let's also, let's also let everybody know again, it is now 1 16 AM where Rabbi is doing <laughs> this. So God bless Jeff Rab Johns. We'll make it work. You know, so, so they, they, you know, Friday night, they make the trip from, uh, from Chicago down to Bloomington, um, go through the visit, you know, spend time with Woody, spend time with all the coaches, do the photo shoot, see Assembly Hall, see Cook Hall, see, see a few other things, and um, get, a, get, a, get a pretty strong vibe that, you know, Malik liked it, and 
um, mom and dad were like, yeah, this is a good place for our son. Uh, and obviously Mike Woodson and Kenya Hunter were, were the leads in, in making that happen. You know, when, when you live down in Miami and somebody says, hey, do you want to go to college in Indiana? If you've grown up in Miami, you're probably going, okay, let's get out the map. Where is Indiana and what in the, what in the world? But once they got there, you know, I was talking to Malik today. You know, he, he just kept talking about just how much he felt this is a big basketball place and this is what I want. Basketball's king here. Basketball's everything here. And, you know, just going into restaurants and seeing basketball things on the walls mm. and, you know, seeing the graduate this, hotel, the graduate hotel, seeing all the things as you, just as you walk through the hallways and go in the elevators at Cook Hall, all the photos of all the people that have played there walking into Assembly Hall. And I think people, I think IU fans, I'm going to get yelled at for saying this, I'm sure. I think sometimes they forget how big of an impact Assembly Hall makes on first timers. There aren't a whole lot of arenas that are basically two opera houses side by side facing each other that ascend up like that. You know, more most arenas are more rotund or maybe an oval. It's a good point. But you know, I you know I've talked to a number of people, you know, recruits, families, what have you, and they just say the first time they walk into Assembly Hall, they're like, just kept looking up and up, and like, oh my god, people sit way up there, really, to watch basketball. Um, so th that definitely gave him a sense of just the scale of what, you know, Assembly Hall is, does a good job, in my opinion, at sort of with a physical building representing the scale of IU basketball. It is big and it is all around you and the people are all around you. And that really is what IU basketball is about. It is big to the whole state and people are around you all the time. So, you know, I, th I think it was pretty clear by you know, about midway through the visit that this, this was, you know, trending very, very heavily toward a commitment. And then, you know, Malik and his parents fly home, get home, I, evening time, have a quick conversation. Like, is this what you want to do? Yep. Sure. Yep. Okay. Get ready. And um, then, you know, they obviously made the announcement today. Now uh, you touched on it before on the, the ramp up to, from the moment that he decommitted from Florida or even a couple days before till, till this weekend, how big of a role Jalen hood Shafino played, mm -hmm. but how about how big of a role Jalen hood Shafino played even on this visit? You know, oh, they were, they yeah. were together, obviously the entire time. Yeah. They're together. They're, they're, you know, eating together. They're walking around, you know, Bloomington together, walking around campus together. And the whole time, you know, I don't know if Jalen had to like say it all the time, but just being there, I think, gave Malik this added level of just comfort and feel like I kind of belong already because I'm with because I'm with Fino and Fino belongs and I belong, I like I like being with my point guard. Um, so just Fino being there definitely was definitely was a big thing. And, and you know, on Saturday afternoon, Fino puts up an Instagram video of him walking. I think towards Buffaloes. It looked like that's where they were okay. walking to with uh, Malik, who's kind of got a hoodie on and, and, you know, a little bit shyer of a kid, clearly, than Fino. And, and, and Fino's got the camera up, and he says, not going to lie, he told me he's coming, and it shuts off the camera. <laughs> like, it's that was great. so good. I loved it. I loved it. And I saw you posted about it, too. Everybody takes this stuff so seriously, and, 
you can't you can't say which schools you're leaning towards and you have to be careful on what schools you mention and you don't because you don't want to get anybody worked up and Fino's just like blowing it out of the water like we're just gonna have fun with it i absolutely loved it loved it i'm totally with you man and i think more guys should enjoy this i mean you are getting the red carpet treatment that most people probably will never get in their lives at any right. point. They're right. not going to get courted like this and fawned over and flown in and put up in nice hotels and taken to nice dinners and have entire groups of people, in this case, a coaching staff, walking them around and, 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 and courting them to come be a part of something. And I mean, most people don't even ever have job interviews that are like that. Even if they like you, you know, it's not, 48 hours on campus and all this kind of stuff. So I loved the fact that Jalen embraced the joy of it. They, I mean, when, again, when you talk to some of these guys later in life, they talk about how much fun they had on their visits and how much fun they yeah. did. Like, then show it while it's going on. It's okay. In fact, I think it would be healthier for people just to, for players to be able to be comfortable to admit, this is fun, man. I got to do this and that and the other totally thing. Agree. And when one of my boys was with me and we had a great like it is that there is some joy in this process that I think has been sucked out in, in some degree by adults who have tried to lay out this formula of you, you, you know, you talk to these schools, then you make your list then you announce your list. Then you do these visits. And it's, it's this rote mechanical stuff. It's like, my God, man, you're 17, 18 year old kids having the time of their life. Let them express some of the joy of it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but let's say even the last couple regimes at indiana university like good times good vibes fun it's not really what you thought about when you you were thinking about the guys up top and how that trickles <clears throat> yeah. down and how much does the 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 good vibes the fun the positivity that coach woodson has brought to the program and and clearly you know stems down from him and and with even sort of the let's say the recuperation job, rehabilitation job he did on some of the players he inherited or retained or, or convinced to come back was about getting good vibes back around the program again. And now it seems like it's attracting that kind of player, like ready-made to show up, get to work, no doubt. But let's have some fun kicking ass at basketball. That's, that's, really, that's a really good point, Ward. It really is. And I think, I think that is something that stems down from from Woody, because Woody is now when it's time for basketball, he's serious. Okay, anybody who's watched Woody in a practice knows when we're working on the game, we're working on game plans, we're working on skill development, whatever, we are at work. Okay, and you don't jack around in a Mike Woodson practice. But the uh, but the other parts of it, being around your teammates, eating eating together, you know, traveling, um, you know getting on the plane and stuff it's even like, stretching you know what i mean like just warming up before practice starts like all that stuff right before where it's just like gathering around and being together and right afterwards yeah all those yeah. moments seem ripe for just having fun yeah and i think there is i think there's just part of it is woody is comfortable in his own skin he knows who he is and when it's time to teach and practice it's time to teach and practice when the work is done the work is done, okay? And if we want to get a pizza or you guys want to go out and hit them, whatever, have some fun. Enjoy it. Enjoy being a college basketball player. And I think that's a good thing. I mean, Trace even mentioned that um, right after, you know, when Woody got hired, when he announced he was coming back, you know, he talked about how there really hadn't been, you know, a, 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 a much fun in, in the program for a while. And now it, it, it's fun again. 
And, and, it, and, and it is, yes, you want to win. Yes, you got to practice hard. Okay, all that's true. You got 24 hours in the daggum day, okay? You can't practice for 24 hours. You know, you have to have some downtime. And I really, I think it is a good thing that Woody has sort of brought this just smooth, you know, we work hard, but we hang out together too kind of thing to it. It's just got a really, it's got this really nice vibe to it. And, and, hey, and there, there seems to be some balance there. Well, shit, he's 20 years old. He'll be fine. Yeah, um, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's 20. When was, um, was the Bahamas the first time he dropped one of those? What was, was that? He dropped oh, a few of them in the Bahamas, I know, uh, in the press conference. I think conferences. the first one was Miller Cop had rolled his ankle, and he oh, got yeah. asked, yeah, is, is, is Miller out for a while? He just like, shit, he's 20. He'll be fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. I like this, you know, no in-depth analysis, you know, just. Yeah, exactly. Um, Before you you talked about with Ward, how you, it was not a perverse pleasure uh, in enjoying doling out these little tidbits and, and, and kind of hinting at it. The flip side of that coin is you are a, a student of the game. You are a student of journalism. You develop sources, you bust your ass. You're up at one in the morning getting West Coast intel, you you take your job very seriously. You love your job. You have fun with your job, but you take it very seriously and you do it better than anybody. And then, and then a 21-year-old schmuck goes to breakfast on a Sunday morning <laughs> and, see, and sees a table of people, including Mike Woodson, celebrate seconds after talking to Malik Renault outside and basically reveals that he's got the scoop that no one else could have that had been working on it and staked their whole careers on it. How, when you read that on Pigs, and clearly you stayed out of that thread, you know, on purpose, obviously, but when you read that, how much of you goes, well, shit, what the hell am I even doing? And how much of you actually just loves that that's what the Pigs message board has become? I, I'm, I actually thought it was glorious. I thought it was gloriously entertaining because my first blush thought was, this is going to be two things. It's going to be a legendary thread, and we've got a new phrase. We have added to our lexicon, you know, of all, all the different phrases that we have, you know, Bedrock at 930 yeah. is now added to the peaks. 930 at Bedrock, man. 930 yeah. at Bedrock. And I, I just thought it was, I didn't know, I didn't know who Miles was at all at first, you know, just, okay, some dude is there, but I just thought it, it was, it was so glorious and it was just, it was such, it, that's like the ideal, you know, that's five-star message boarding right there, you know, so Miles, hat tip, bud. I mean, that was so cool and it was so much fun and everybody embraced it and you know, nobody was 100% sure, does this mean what we think it means? But we think it means right. this, and if it does mean this, then Malik is kind of, and it was one of those little, it was just like, somebody cracked the window a little bit, and you're like, am I seeing what, I oh, can't pull the window the rest of the way, but, and it was just such a, I, I was, I, 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 you know, I couldn't chime in too much. I just kind of acknowledged that well, somebody was like, where's Rabbi? And I'm like, I'm right here, you know, like, yeah. but that, that was, that was like such, that was such enjoyment. Everybody was enjoying that threat. Yeah, and, and Miles handled it. You know, I mean, like you said, he's not a journalist. This is just a regular show. A couple of years out of college, I think. Something like that. But that, that was a great threat. That was this, just a tremendous This is threat. the lesson I learned the hard way in proposing to my wife. That anticipation is much more important often than surprise. It's Vince McMahon. Because, what's that? Vince, Mc, Vince McMahon. 
well, you know, hey, we we billionaires think alike. Yes, this is this. Is, I think we've talked about it on this. It's anticipating the surprise is better than genuine surprise for sure. Mm-hmm. Because I had been putting off proposing to my lovely wife for far too long, and so on our sixth date anniversary, I gave no indication that I was going to propose. So while at dinner. Be like, man, I'm gonna surprise the shit out of her after dinner by proposing on the beach in Malibu. She starts crying because she's so upset, having no indication that I'm going to propose, thinking that yet again another anniversary of our, our first date is gonna come and go with no proposal. And so, with the way with you and your tea leaves, and and then Miles coming along, and really like that's practically seeing like the ring box in the man's pocket as you're sitting down to eat you're like how fun is this like this anticipation is so so fun i i wasn't sure where you were going you're saying what you did was terrible exactly it was terrible (laughs) it was the absolute i won't even get into the other things i did terribly in that proposal (laughs) Uh, it worked out but just by the thinnest of margins yeah um and And look the story's not over yet (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> oh man, every every day it's still being written. But but the point was, this was one where, <clears throat> from the first inklings of Malik opening his recruitment back up and Kenny being involved, through Miles all the way up till 10 a.m. Pacific time this morning, it just steadily got more fun and the vibes got more positive. And you were a big part of that, doing it in just that subtle, perfect way to keep us all getting more and more revved up and with Jalen doing his part, Miles coming in and the announcement today, it is, I think it was the most fun. And let's say it's, this is a pattern now with scoop too. Like Woody's, Woody's turning these things around fast. Obviously Kenny is getting it set up, but, but Mm. also Ward. And we talked about this and we can get into this if we want to, we talked about this a year ago. We thought that this staff, and Woody specifically, are much more set up for success in transfer portal recruitments and spring short recruitments. Mm-hmm. That and, and that is what is playing out here. Tamar Bates was a quick recruitment when Shaka Smart left Texas. Uh, Jalen hood Shafina was a little different. Kenya was in on that, but it was a little bit different. Uh, but Malik Renault is a short recruitment. Mm-hmm. And Woody seems to be, and these this staff seems to be very good at pouncing and going quick. I don't think we know yet if Woody's got it in him to develop a four-year relationship with a kid, you know, like a Matt Painter recruitment, a Tom Izzo recruitment, but that just may not be what they do here. And as long as they get the top talent, who cares where it comes from? But I, I wonder, Rabbi, do you, do you see that as well, that that's, that, that this staff is just kind of set up for that to be a strength more than 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 other staffs or or even more than a long-term recruitment might take I mean certainly th- those are the results to date and you could even throw Jakai Newton in there a little bit even though you see Rosemont had a really good relationship with Jakai before you got back into coaching but they get him they they go down to see him you know they're recruiting him they get him on campus, and he committed, what, I think it was two days after he left for his official visit, and they, they beat everybody to the punch. But from the time that you know this staff offered to the time they got the commitment, it would be considered a short-term recruitment. Um, Gabe Same Cups thing with maybe, Gabe Cups. 
maybe a smidge longer, but it wasn't, it was under a year. Um, you know, so they've done a really good job in the sprint so far. They, they really have. Um, now, I, I do think it's most advantageous to have both muscles to you. Sure. Be able to build relationships, especially when you have, you know, talents that are in your automatic wheelhouse. Um, you know, like, like Harrelson at Fishers or, you know, you know, Sisley uh, down in Southern Indiana, guys like that. You know, you got to kind of start in on them. If no other reason, you just don't want to get so far behind you can't catch up. You know, you don't have to win it early. In fact, you're, you're not going to win it early most of the time. But you just want to be able to make sure you're in there. Um, so we'll see, you know, how Woody sort of handles that, if he even really gets involved. Because right now, it, he's really playing the closer role. That's, that's, that's really how he's approaching it. The assistance, here's what I want. Go out there. You guys have contacts. Find him. You know, if you need me, I'll get on the phone. I'll get on a Zoom or what have you. But it's really more assistance. Go identify the talent. Build the relationship. I, as the head coach, will get involved as you tell me I need to get involved. But then when you get him here to campus, man, I mean, I'm going to try to close. You know, that, that's kind of Woody's approach. He treats it a little like free agency, if you will. Like, okay, we want to get you to come to our place, and we want to get a yes. We're not just having you come here so we can show you our place. Thank you. Have safe travels. We'll talk to you again in a year. Now, you're going to have to have some junior year official visits where you're not going to get the yes or no. Right. But, but, but Woody's primary goal right now is, he, you know, he wants to close. And so far, the results have been very, very good. Again, three top 30 players over the span of a calendar year. I mean, that is, that is a hell of a close rate. It really I, is. I want to believe that he can come in with this less is more where it's like, oh, if you've got like Izzo or pork chop in your fucking face all the time and you're like, Jesus, dude, <laughs> like I've had enough of you for three years. And then here comes big, cool Woody just coming in like towards the tail end. And you're like, well, this guy's way cooler than anybody else who's been bugging me for the last two or three years. And apparently he has a life that he goes off and lives because he's not texting me every other day. And so now he's showing up like, like that could work because of not, not just because like, Largely because of who Woody is, clearly, his personality, his swag, his charm, his warmth, his positivity, but also that, like, he's still kind of fresh and he can kind mm -hmm. of swoop in there at the last second when they've all the other guys have done all their moves 10 times over. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there is a little something to that. And, and again, it's you know, there's no one template to recruit successfully. If, if there was, everybody would do it, and everybody would get really good players, and, and everybody would be the same. There's, there's no one template. There are different ways to do it. Um, obviously, like Duke, Kentucky, um, you know, Louisville under Patino, a little bit of Bill Self at Kansas. The Gonzaga's kind of reached that point a little bit. You know, they can sort of sit back and wait and see who's really, really good, and in the spring, they pounce. You know, not with, not with seniors in the spring, but with juniors. They right. jump in. And they're really, you know, like a lot of times with recruitments for like Duke, Krzyzewski would be involved, heavily involved, April through July. But other than that, it's more the assistance. And, you know, it kind of made it a thing that, okay, you now get to talk to Coach K. There's a little arrogance there, but it worked. Okay, it worked. And Woody's got that smoothness, that vibe, that paternal, you know, loving uncle, grandfather, whatever you want to say. And, 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 it, and it's working, working so far. It, it is a little you know, untraditional. Yeah. But it's, and it's a high so wire act. Let's not kid ourselves. Oh, yeah. It's a high wire act because you got to land them 
or you're in real trouble and you don't have a real big, a real great foundation to fall back on. But he's winning right now. He's he's landing these. And he's like you said, the, the biggest thing that you started this whole podcast with was the the upgrade of talent is underway. That yeah. is what's happening. And as long as that continues to happen, it puts us in good stead. When did you know? When did you 100% know that Malik was coming to Indiana? Sunday night. You knew Sunday night? Sunday night, yeah. And that, yeah. another one, not hard for you to keep quiet? No, because I was told, that here's, here's how it is, and, you know, you just got to wait till he tweets it out tomorrow. But, man, one. one o'clock comes around, and we've got your article already written with quotes. We've got a scouting report. We've got videos put together. So is that what's happening basically all weekend for you? Are you preparing all of that stuff so it's ready to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, what was it, uh, Saturday? Saturday I wrote the, the nuts and bolts of the commitment piece, put together sort of the video collection, um, and then, you know, had Trevor, gave Trevor the heads up, hey, you know, probably going to need your scouting report done Monday morning. <clears throat> you know, let Peaks know, hey, whatever you want to write, you know, you want to have it done no later than, you know, Monday morning so we got time to go through it all. And then just kind of go through what photos we're going to use. Yeah, but that stuff was all done by, I think we're pretty much done by like nine this morning, something like that. You know, and then you're just kind like of read through each other's stuff. You're What's like that? Santa Claus. Like you, you're Santa Claus and the elves and you're in the <laughs> workshop and you're making, you're wrapping up all these presents. And it's just got to like, you've got to be in such a good mood over that 48 hours putting that stuff all together knowing you're going to deliver for all the little boys and girls in Hoosier Nation, like this wonderful Christmas present. It's got to be a really fun, you know, rather than just, okay, here's what these few recruits from a couple years down the line that we might get involved with. Like, that's cool. That's the nuts and bolts of what you do. But to know, like, you're wrapping a big present that we all get to open tomorrow morning, right? That's fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the really, really, it's one of the most enjoyable things that I get to do. You know, and, and I feel fortunate um, to get to do it but because it is fun because, you know, people are going to gobble this up and they're going to enjoy it. Like that, that. I never heard anybody say it like that. I like that. You know, it is like, you know, getting presents ready for people, you know, but, that, that, but that, that's what it feels like because, you know, people are going to enjoy it. And it's so much better than writing a story, you know, ah, they lost the third time in the last four games or whatever. You know, th this stuff is the fun stuff, you know, when there's anticipation of a commitment excitement for a player and you know you get enough lead time to where you can go you can really get it together and put together a good package and then when when you know when christmas comes it's like here's this and here's this and here's trevor's scouting report and here's pigs breaking down you know what it means big picture so yeah i think we had what was it like six things up or something like that so yeah it, it <clears throat> excuse me it is absolutely one of the most enjoyable things i do i have i have an absolute blast with it all right, we don't want to keep you up till two a.m. Although we are getting close, yeah. I do want to. I do I'm want to a, visit a coffee something. maker. You know, okay. <laughs> I do want to visit something that isn't so pleasant, and that is the the B side to Operation Talent Upgrade, which is if it continues, and if people come back that we think might come back, if Trace finds that the NBA, you know, the immediate NBA future is not what he wanted it to be he may come back. And at this point, if Trace comes back and no one else leaves, then the scholarships are all full. 
Mm-hmm. Yet Dexter Dennis was on campus today. Uh, what's his name? Mc- McNeil. McNeil, McNeil from, West, from Virginia. West Virginia is apparently coming this weekend. You know, that mm-hmm. could change. As we know, visits do get canceled at the last minute. <laughs> right. So that could happen. But but Dexter Dennis was on campus. He ostensibly has a scholarship offer. I, I don't know if you have any more update on whether or not that's a, if it's a sure take, but it does seem like it's a probable take. If he wants to come, I would, I would probable is a good way to put it. Yeah. So not, not, we're not saying probable that he's coming. We're saying it's, it's probable that if he wanted to come, we would take right. him, but that means somebody's got to go. Mm-hmm. If, if all that were to happen and this is a tricky situation and truthfully, it's not a situation that Woody's ever had to deal with, you know, because he's never had to run a front office. That wasn't his job in the NBA. And now he's running a front office and he is, full steam ahead on talent upgrade, but that means there could be some casualties. And there's been a lot of consternation on the board about what that could mean on Peaks and on Twitter mm-hmm. about what that could mean, because I think people look around at the roster and they go, okay, well, Anthony Leal probably is near the end of the bench. Logan Duncan is near the end of the bench, but man, we don't have a backup five man. So it seems like he's fairly safe. <clears throat> Miller cop. I think some people were really disappointed with as far as his overall production. But if you're going to cut somebody and it's Miller Cop or Trey Galloway, don't you go with youth and somebody who's got more eligibility and some, you know, some higher ceiling, perhaps all these conversations are happening on message boards and fans are having them. It's tricky. It's a very tricky, sensitive conversation, but the numbers are what the numbers are where we stand right now today do you think it is uh, a, a likely scenario that Indiana gets everybody back and gets a transfer and somebody that we know of as a Hoosier right now is no longer here? And how, what is the fallout from something like that? I think it's certainly possible right now. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm going to go quite to likely, although okay, I wouldn't okay. like fight likely. I'm going to stay more possible in the vein of it's possible. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is going to be a potentially messy situation because you would essentially be, you know, let's be real blunt. You would essentially be running somebody off. Okay. What you would be doing, you would be bringing somebody in and then you would have to, you know, run somebody off. And those can be really ugly situations. Um, especially if, it, it, it involves somebody who is loved, somebody who is in any way, you know, in state or from a key recruiting area. Um, well, let's just say know. it. If it's Mr. Basketball 2020 who played for Indiana Elite, whose parents work for the university and grew up a lifelong Indiana University Hoosier fan, if that's who you have to run off, what are the ramifications of something like that? you would have some people in the state of Indiana who would essentially be working against you in recruiting. It would not be a good situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we you know, um, you know, we kind of saw that, not kind of, we saw it with Tom Crean. He offended some people and they basically worked against him. You know, they would tell players, you know, Hey, you don't want to play for this guy because of A, B, and C. So you end up with people working against you. We're talking you know, AAU here, right? AU high school trainers, everything. I mean, there's a lot of people in the state of Indiana who are really good friends, have long memories, 
And even some of the people who compete against each other on the court, compete against each other for players, um, there's an incredible amount of respect and a little bit of belief of we're in the same fraternity, okay? We may compete on Friday and Saturday nights, but we're all in the same fraternity. And, you know, you see it now with social media. There are a lot of high school and AU coaches who will retweet kids getting scholarship offers or committing who they might play against, who, who they didn't coach. That there is a lot of love for kids being successful from high school coaches, AAU coaches, trainers throughout the state of Indiana. You know, the vast majority of people in this state genuinely want the best for kids. They want to see kids succeed and they want to see kids treated right. And there have been situations where people looked at certain programs and felt like they didn't treat that kid right. We're not helping them anymore. And then you get to sort of like the, you know, the last couple of years of Crean where people are actually working against you, telling kids, you don't want to go there. Indiana's great. Yes, you get it. Don't go play for that guy. Now, is that a hurdle that, is that a, you know, is, is that a speed bump or a hurdle? Well, it depends a little bit on a couple of factors. How, how big of the talent, how much talent is coming out of the state of Indiana? If we're just going to use this hypothetical. Um, how much talent is coming out of certain programs that we might not have great access to anymore um maybe it doesn't matter a ton maybe it's just a speed bump maybe you're able to recruit other places maybe you're going to be able to get players from from prep schools maybe you know your sears uh connections down south in atlanta are good um maybe maybe uh brian walsh's connections you know more north ohio over to the northeast quarter are enough maybe, maybe that's the case so it's, it's not as if you know it's like a death sentence or anything but it is one of those things that you look at and you say okay, do we want to put up hurdles in front of our recruiting that don't currently exist? And I think that that's kind of what you, where you look at it when you look long-term. But that's looking long-term. You know, and right now, Woody's view is, is more short-term. Hey, we need more talent. You know, this 9 and 11 crap in the Big Ten ain't good enough. Sneaking into the NCAA tournament ain't good enough. We need the talent to compete for a Big Ten title <clears throat> in his eyes. You know, he's told people we need the talent to to make NCAA tournament runs. Um, so there, there's there's part of this that is a long lens view. There's a part of it that is a short lens view. But I do think there is the potential when you run kids off, if it comes to that. And again, we don't know if it's going to or not. Nope. We're talking about a hypothetical possibility. No, but but I think what we can say is there seems to be a willingness. That's that there there's an acceptance of if we can improve this roster and we have to get out the scalpel, then that's what we got to do. Do and, you think, but do you I, think, like, go ahead. I, I just want to like examine this risk reward scenario, because if we're talking about a couple of, of Indiana kids who are already given their, their blood, sweat and tears to the program. Um, and obviously like Trey has contributed quite a bit more at this point had the opportunity to than than Anthony in gameplay but both of these kids have been all in from the day they showed up and in Anthony's case since birth are either of these guys we're looking at from West Virginia or from Wichita State like I don't know I just don't see it on paper I haven't watched these guys play but are are either of these guys really worth upsetting potentially very important factors and factions within the state I, I just don't see it when you look at those guys' numbers. Well, you're shooting 29% from three-point land? Oh, well, we got that. We don't need more of that. <laughs> right. 
No, that, that's a really good question. And that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of, you know, drilling down and getting to the crux of the matter. What is, is, is the, the potential for small upgrades worth creating potential hurdles down the road? And man, I got to be blunt here. I'd be real cautious with that. I'd be real cautious. I really would. Mike Woodson's the head coach. He gets to make the calls. I respect coaches have, they have to run their program. They're in their locker room. They know their own personnel better than everybody else. So, you know, I, I try not to jump in and say, well, what a coach should do is this because we really don't know. Sure. But I do hope there is um, time for the coaches to sort of sit back and analyze this with a little more of a long lens view. You know, what would be the ramifications down the road? And is it worth it for these guys? You know, who, who well, we're talking about role players, okay? We're talking, we're talking about complementary role players. And maybe they would be upgrades over your, you know, 11th, 12th, 13th guy, okay? Do, but do you want to, and that's another part of it. We're not talking about, okay, you know, Malik Renault is in, a Malik Renault level kid is in the transfer portal or, uh, you know, what's the name from, from Iowa State? Okay, we're going to get a kid who's going to come in and drop 18 a game in the Big Ten. You know, if, if it was that, then I think it's a little different conversation. Okay? Exactly. You know, but if you're talking about incremental improvements and the potential for recruiting hurdles down the road, I think some real calm, thoughtful, in-depth conversations um, being had I think that would certainly be prudent at this point in yeah, time. Yeah, because the truth is, if you're improving your 11th best player, let's just say, that's not going to help you win a basketball game. I mean, maybe it helps you win maybe one game by luck that the 11th guy plays a bunch because of foul trouble or an injury or suspension, but that's not who's winning basketball right. games. Well, and I would argue there's there's a much bigger risk even in, in terms of What's going to go on in your locker room? Forget like the state and what's going on with future recruiting. It's like if you potentially run off a kid who is beloved and a leader uh, for, for, for some incremental maybe improvement that nobody knows from Adam. Like I think now you're, you're even playing with the chemistry of your own team potentially. Yeah, I mean, it, I it's get certainly it. possible. And, and it's, you know, college locker rooms are different from NBA locker rooms. NBA guys are pros and they're paying, they're playing for a paycheck okay yeah. and they don't, they don't they don't live together they don't live together and then <laughs> I know, I, I've, I've covered some teams where the guys that they they play basketball really well together they honestly really didn't give a shit about each other outside the games and nobody was offended by that are, are you watching the pros. are you watching winning time i have not seen it and i have not gotten on it yet ward no. are you caught up no i have only two episodes in he, here is the synopsis they're all assholes. <laughs> all of them. Every last one is an idiot, a selfish prick, a prima donna, a just dickhead, a drug addict. Like, I mean, they're just, it paints such a horrible picture of these guys. It really does. And Jerry West is the biggest cocksucker that's ever played <laughs> basketball. <laughs> um, but it does. I mean, anyway, it just it to to your point. It's like, and it's very clear that they play for the paycheck. Yes, yes, they they and and if they need to go somewhere else to some other city to get a bigger paycheck, you go to another city. And and I mean, I guess there's a few people who get bent out of shape about trades in the NBA, maybe sure. their situation or whatever. But most of them, if their agent has worked out a maneuver for them to get more money, 
the rest of it really doesn't matter. And that's not the same as college. College does have so much more of a true collegial vibe to it. And these guys, you know, they become friends for life. They live together. They travel together. They, you know, they're, they're around each other all the time. And there are plenty of NBA teams where after the game, most guys go do whatever they do with, with, with their, with their people. And, and it's okay. It, it's, you know, plenty of people go to work and yeah, you may go to a cocktail party with your, you know, some of your coworkers, but for the most part, you go home to your family and your friends. Um, and it's, it's just different in college. And I, I just hope that whatever moves are made, I just hope that they're done thoughtfully. You know, again, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, here's what the head coach at Indiana should do. It's Mike Woodson's show. He gets to make whatever decisions he wants. But I do hope if there are moves that are made where you have to get out the scalpel, I certainly hope they're done with considerable thoughtfulness. Do you have any sense for why, with a team that seems to lack shooting, that that is the number one thing that they could like really target that Antoine Davis, the leading scorer in the country who grew up in Bloomington, whose father still speaks lovingly and glowingly about Bloomington, we seem to make no attempt to go after him. And schools like Maryland and Kansas State and Georgetown are the front runners. And it seems like we didn't even reach out. Do you have any sense for, did Mike Davis make it clear or make it known that Indiana was not a player for Antoine or what happened there? I, I don't really know other than, you know, Wood, Woodson never, you know, pointed at that guy and said, go after him, you know? So I don't know if it was a slip through the cracks. I don't know if it was a, Hey, we, we're, we're further down the road with some other guys. So let's keep on the, the path we're on. I, I don't really know. It's a good question. Um, but I don't know exactly that I have a great answer for it. Let, do you want to keep going on that? No, not on Antoine. I was going to go to the next, my next question. I was I was going to start steering the ship back in a positive direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to – but before we do that, can I ask about next weekend because it's a huge recruiting weekend? Oh, sure, yeah, please, great. So, you know, the, the recruiting successes, you just can't argue with them. Like, you, you laid them out. It's unbelievable. Three top 30 kids in a calendar year. I mean, I, I'm not sure when the last time that was done at Indiana University. But the recruiting calendar that's been jiggered over the last couple of years – means that there's only two live periods in April and next week, next weekend is the second one. Mm-hmm. The first one, to be honest, we don't know how fruitful that was because Mike Woodson wasn't really a part of it, right. you know, and, and the head coach matters in these <laughs> recruitments. Yeah. Do you have any sense for who you think they're going to target coming into this second recruiting weekend and who is as the fans that are just, dying for who we should focus our attention on. What are the names that we should be focusing on for this yeah. weekend? Yeah. We, we gave you almost 18 hours after just to celebrate Malik. Now yeah. we need the new one. Let's go. That's exactly right. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. go. I like it. I like it. Um, I mean, yeah, like in, in 2023, um, you know, you're looking at KJ Evans, you know, a five-star kid from Montverde. Uh, you're looking at Arrington page, um, an athletic, uh, skilled forward from, from the Atlanta area. Uh, Peja Stoyakovich's son from out there in California. Uh, Brady Dunlap, uh, 6'7 shooter, uh, who's currently out there in California. His dad's a coach. He's lived a lot of places, but currently out in California. 
Um, th those are certainly some some 2023s. And obviously, you know, 2023, they've got two commits already with Ja'Kai Newton and Gabe Cups. So the class is, if, it, if it's going to be four, it's half done. Um, and then in 2024, there's a number of guys they're looking at. Um, you know, yeah, Kanai Ruth is really but, good. But, Rabbi, let's be honest. The way this staff operates, 2024 is meaningless. I mean, it really who the F knows what they're going to be thinking or doing, because there's like there's the 2023 fall kids. Then there's the 2023 spring kids. And then there's the 2023 portal kids. There are three recruitment cycles that will happen before 24 that could totally reshape this roster. Yeah, so no, that's true. And, and this, think, this staff does seem to be going a little bit more like what is directly in front of us. Yeah, but but that's all that it's been, it's only been a year. So like like only now can they really be looking. Yeah, I, I actually think I actually think it's gonna. I think the the lens is gonna get a little longer only because it has to, because you're starting to get some roster stability. You know, there's some guys you look at and you go, they're gonna be here for two three years, four if you keep Logan Duncan and and and, and Leland Galloway. And Jordan Geronimo, probably four-year guy. Um, so they're getting to the point to where it's like they can start adding some pieces for the future, like they did with Ja'Kai Newton and Gabe Cups, two 2023 kids who they got early. Those kids were already committed before the spring of their junior year. Um, so I think they're they're starting to, you know, look not 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 real far down the road, but a little further. Okay, if we did something in 2024, who would we want to go after? And the other thing that's kind of happening here is with the portal, you know, some schools are really heavy in the portal. Um, most schools are at least somewhat involved. And you're starting to hear whispers of some colleges going to some, some of the high school kids and basically saying, listen, do you want to come here or not? Okay. Because if you don't want to come here, let us know now because we can get you in the portal and the kid will be 19, 20, 21, not 17 or 18. So I think you're starting to see more coaches just be a little more direct with, with, with high school prospects as far as, are you really interested? Because if you're not, tell us now. And you move on and we'll move on. And we're fine if we want to move on. We want you. We'd like for you to come visit us. We'd like for you to come be a part of our program. But I th you're starting to hear whispers of schools asking for just a little more, I don't want to say honesty, but a little bit more decision-making, not, not commitment or not, but a little more, yeah, I'm really interested, coach, or no, I'm not. Just, just, I think this process is getting sped up a little. And I think you're going to see some kids basically by June get asked, okay, are, are you going to come on an official visit or not? If not, we're moving on. So, so I do think you have to start laying a little more groundwork moving forward and, and getting in on guys to find out, do we want him? Does my head coach want him? Does he want us? And – are we comfortable taking him or would we rather go in the portal? There's just more decisions that have to be made for both sides from the players and from the coaching staff. Do you feel like Indiana has made a decision to move on from Xavier Booker's recruitment? I think we're going to find out this weekend. You know, if Mike Woodson sits on him, watches him a lot, then I use back in. Um, if the head coach doesn't watch him play the first April evaluation period, and doesn't watch in the second of April evaluation period, I, I think we've got a pretty indication of, of, of what's been decided there. Do you remember a time where you were, you had kind of this little direction on who the head coach was going to sit on 
you know, what coming into the second April um, recruiting period, it just seems like there's more uncertainty with this staff when it comes to these recruitments that are a year out, you know, mm-hmm. if you will, um, than there has been in the past. And look, again, results are what matters. So maybe this is just the way that he operates and it works this way. But it is weird that we're not all laser focused on, okay, who are we going to go? Are we going to go three deep or four deep? Right. You know, like, and there's nobody that we're really, we know he wants KJ Evans, but I mean, we just don't know. It's just a very different thing. It feels like a very different dynamic. Yeah. And especially because the first period, um, you know, and then these evaluation periods in the, in the spring are three days and it's really two and a half days. It starts Friday, late afternoon, early evening, whatever you want to call it. And then runs through Sunday afternoon. So they're, they're really quick. And Woody was there on Friday but he watches Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton, two kids who've already committed. So that doesn't really tell you anything about the focus of, of potential right. of prospects. Okay, it just tells you he went to watch the kids who he's going to coach and so he could see him play, talk to him, and you know have some feedback for him and that stuff. Uh, the assistants obviously were all out, you know. But Woody had, I believe, it was a wedding or something like that on 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 the weekend. So we don't really know for sure, like if he's even at this point dialed in on okay. Here's my one, two, three, four, five um, in, in 2023. I know. Uh, here's my five guys in 2024. I really want to get eyes on to decide, do we try to bring them on campus in, in, in June? Um, how much time do we spend uh, watching them in July? How much time does the head coach spend? Is there anybody we want to go three deep or four deep for, like they did with Jalen Huchifino, you know, down there in, in Atlanta? You know, they're, they're sitting three deep uh, there. And I think it was McKeecher in high school. Um, so we, we don't know at this point because I don't know that Woody's made any of those decisions because I don't know if he's seen enough to make those decisions. So I think the second evaluation period is going to be a little more of the head coach getting to look at some guys and trying to decide, okay, Hey, I really like, you know, maybe he likes, you know, page more than he likes the, the other shooters. Maybe he decides, Hey, I like the forwards who can shoot better. I like page, but I'm going to, I'm going to go you know, with Stoyakovich and, and Dunlap more. Um, and then and then he's going to have to decide, okay, who do I like? Who do I want? Who am I as the head coach going to spend time talking to in, in April and May? Who are we really going to try to get on campus in June? And then who are we really going to sit on in July and, and really go after hard? Because you certainly want to get to a point in July, you want to know coming out of July, you want to really know who you have a chance to get. I mean, you, don't, you, you do not, once you get to the third period in July, there, there needs to be no more guesswork. It doesn't mean you know who you're going to get, but you know who you want to try to get. It's, it's that that list should be very. And you know ordered. who you have a shot at. That's what I mean. All, all yeah. of who you want and who you got a shot at, and you are moving guys up or down, and sometimes you're crossing guys off. Either hey, he's not good enough for us, or hey, you know we know we're a long shot, so we ain't wasting time. And and even though July sounds like it's a ways away, you know, in recruiting cycles and everything, it goes fast. It goes really fast. Because this, you know, you get two live periods in April, you get three in July, you can get kids on campus in June, but a lot of these kids, you know, they're going to be playing in May and June, you know, they're going to be up there at the, at the, at the run and slam in Fort Wayne, Uh, they're going to be at the, you know, NBA top 100 camp or what have you, they're going to go to the Pangos All-American camp, and then July, you know, the big shoe company events, you know, they go quick, man, I mean, it goes, July is a sprint, it is an absolute sprint, and you better be really dialed in by the time you get to July. Ravi, this roster construction of this IU team, 
look, we're all obviously going to be waited, waiting with bated breath for Trace to make his decision. Um, but other than that, we got a pretty good idea of what this roster is going to look like this fall and even going into the following year. Um, so you're Coach Woodson. And of those players you just named, maybe some you did not, who do you think when you look at um, where the strengths of IU uh, are going to be, let, let's, I mean, look, we could talk about transfers this year. I, I think we already kind of covered that. So I'm more like when you're looking at a couple more slots in 23, anticipating who's not going to be here in 23, who do you think we should be going after? Shooters. Shooters. So like Dunlap, Stojakovic, would those be like 1A, 1B? Well, no, are, you got to go after KJ Evans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you can get a top 10 kid, you take a top 10 kid and you figure out the rest of it, okay? Fair. But you have to, at some point, look at your deficiencies. Basically, okay, what were key reasons we lost last year? Um, and, and, and try to rectify that. You know, you, you want as many options as far as how to win a game as possible, certainly. But if there's something clearly that's costing you games and you have an opportunity to, 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 to rectify those deficiencies, then, then, you, then you want to do so with all urgency. So, you know, I know Woodson wants more length on the, on the, on the perimeter, um, length and athleticism, and he wants shooting. And ideally, you want shooters who are 6'5 or taller. They just do better at the high major level. Um, yeah, there's guys like Jordy Holes out there, sure. Um, but finding the next Jordy Holes, I mean, if you can do that on an annual basis, you know, go work in the NBA because you're going to make a ton of money. You're going to be a millionaire in a hurry. It's harder to find those kind of guys where you know it's going to translate. So I would look for if if I was tasked with you know okay what are, what what are we gonna do we're gonna go after uh, shooters ideally six five or taller um, and we're also gonna look seriously at 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 long really athletic guys um, but if they're not shooters they need to be explosive athletes they need to be Cohen Carr type guys you know his shot's not there yet but with his burst and explosion. He's going to get in the paint and get to the rim and get you buckets. He's going to beat people down the court. He's going to get you points. Uh, you need to play a little quicker to utilize his gifts and maximize his impact, but certainly he could go that way. But, yeah, I would look at length, athleticism, and shooting, and I would want to make sure from here on out in my recruiting classes, whether it be a portal guy or a high school kid, one, guy's, one guy, at least, at least one guy in every class, his best skill has to be making threes, has to be at least one. And some years, if I got a chance to get two, especially if they're 6'5 or taller and they're athletic, I might take two of them. Yeah, you got to have post defense. You got to have post scoring. You got to be good on the front court. You know, the post and the point, you got to start there. You have to be good in the post. You don't have to get a ton of points. You really don't anymore. But you got to have post defense and you got to have a point guard who can run the show. Because if you don't have a point guard who can run the show, and we saw that after IU lost Yogi Farrell, there were some times the point guard was a problem because things just didn't run with maximum efficiency. Um, but then other than that, in today's game, you know, you, you've got to be able to get points from the arc to have a chance to make NCAA tournament runs. You just have to have a, you have to be able to get points. From the, you can't sit there and be ranked 319th or whatever they were in points, points from the three point range. It's just, it puts enormous amount of stress on your defense. Um, it makes you essentially try to win games by out defending people. And that's more and more difficult as more and more players are skilled. You know, we saw St. Peter's make a run, okay? You know, I mean, there, there are skilled guys out there at mid-majors now. So I think at some point you have to make sure that you're doing everything you can 
to get rid of deficiencies that cost you basketball games, cost you NCAA tournament seeding slots, and cost you the chance to make a run in March. I would also think that, you know, with getting Malik and the, the upgrade of talent that's happening, with having a nice foundation with Ja'Kai and Gabe, I would hope they would be real picky about those two other slots. And while I know people love and are tantalized by Cohen Carr's athleticism, he's a bit of a project from a, from a skill standpoint. And I'm not sure they need to take that kind of bet or, or make that kind of bet. I think they could be real picky on, we're talking premier talent or premier skill, like a, like a shooter, like we're talking about, a Dunlap mm-hmm. or a Stojakovic. I just, you know, I, I get the, the being enamored with the athleticism, but man, we just keep the talent train going. One final question I got before we let you go, unless Ward's got another one after that. I got, I got one more. Okay. Uh, my final one is, Rabbi. We've got three five stars on the team. Uh, we've got Trace Jackson Davis possibly coming back for the sake of this conversation. Let's assume he does come back. Mm. We have Race Thompson back. We have Xavier Johnson and Jalen Hood at the guards. We've got CJ Gunn, freshman, who might be able to come off the bench and shoot a little bit. Miller Cop hopefully can shoot a little bit. What is the ceiling for this team as you see it now? Here we are in mid-April going into 2022-23. How good can this team realistically be? Uh, and that was also my last question. So we're, <laughs> we're going to be all done after this one, Ravi. All right. Uh, ceiling, I think – I just – I don't see how the shooting takes big steps. I, I just I just don't. Um, and I hate to be a downer at the end of a very positive, fun podcast, but got to be real. Uh, I, th- I think you got guys like Tamar Bates, guys like Jordan Geronimo, you know, who I think can, can take some steps. Um, certainly Geronimo, you know, he's, he's going to be going into his junior year. Tamar's going into his sophomore year. But anybody who saw Tamar um, play at IMG, play some big-time AU games, knows the talent is there. And sometimes it just takes a year. You know, it's, it's like, you know, Matt Painter went on that great rant about, like, sometimes when freshmen don't produce, people say, oh, they're not, they're not talented enough. They're not very good. Sometimes they're just not ready. Sometimes they just need to get ready to be able to do things at the Big Ten level twice a week. So I, I'm, I'm not concerned about Tamar Bates' talent level in, in the least. But how big of a step are, are, is IU going to be able to take collectively? I, I don't know. I think it's going to be tough for the shooting to take a big jump. You know, can they maybe improve, improve incrementally? Yeah, they could, probably should. But I just don't see a big jump. Um, the front court should be terrific. If Trace returns, that'll be one of the better front courts in the country. And you're going to have, you know, a really talented 22-year-old big-time athlete in Trace Jackson Davis, a sixth-year senior in Race Thompson, who was third-leading scorer and second-leading rebounder for an NCAA tournament team. Um, you're bringing in a high-level talent like Malik Renault. Um, you know, you, you got Miller Cop, who, you know, might be able to, you know, still give you, you know, something. I think ideally they want more than a little over six points a game from him if he's going to start. Um, I think just with the improvements in the talent – I think there's a chance they can get to around top 15 in the country at some point. I do. Uh, I think the defense is going to be tremendous because Trace Jackson Davis is an elite defender with the way he protects the rim. He creates so many problems for opponents, not just the shots that he alters and blocks, but he is such a deterrent. I mean, there are some teams that basically have taken certain plays 
out of the playbook when they play against Trace because they're like, we don't want to go to the rim. We don't want to go to the shot blocker. It's a it's a not likely going to be a positive play. So his his ability to just be a deterrent is big. So I think Indiana's defense probably is going to be elite once again. I mean, I shouldn't say it wasn't elite last year. It was very good, but I, I wouldn't go elite. But I think they have a chance to be elite this year because Xavier Johnson's pretty good on the ball as well. So I think I think they could be top fifteen. And, you know, depending upon matchups, you know, I think they could make the second weekend if they don't have to deal with all the Dayton crap again. You know, you're talking about winning two games in right. the NCAA tournament and you're a second weekend team. I think they should be capable of doing that because I think the defense is going to be good enough and they should have enough scoring options to win two NCAA tournament games. And if you get to the second weekend in the NCAA tournament, you had a pretty good season. I haven't yeah. really looked at where – uh, you know, the comings and goings of other Big Ten teams. W- where do you think uh, we-, we end up in that stack? Caleb still kind of depends upon what all happens with Michigan. Um, you know, Caleb Houston, Hunter Dickinson come back, you know, um, and with what that, what else, what else they have back with Jet Howard coming in, you know, they're going to be pretty good. Um, if Kofi Coburn does return, you know, Illinois is going to be pretty good. Um, uh, Michigan State's kind of got some weird stuff going on. They got some comings and goings right now, so I'm not too sure. The Didn't they just? Be. Was there an announcement today that Marble left the team? I think that was announced. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It either was announced or people were speculating it. I didn't really have time to like dial into too yeah, much. I didn't either. Outside of Malik Renault and IU and recruiting, but so I mean, I think they could. I think they could make a run at top three. I think they could make a run at it. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those situations where. Are they going to be able to shoot well enough to where shooting doesn't cost them like a game? Like if you're going to compete for top three, you can't go on the road and lose to Penn State. You know, you can't have games where you're scoring 50s or low 60s. You know, I don't care how good of a defense you are. That's just not enough offense. You know, you need to, even if you're a strong defensive team, you need to be getting 68, 69 or pushing 70. Yes. You, you just have to, even, even in Wisconsin with the way they play. You know, they're regularly, you know, getting in the high 60s and 70s. So I think I think they got a chance to, to, to push for, for top three. I think they got a chance. Man, I'd say top three in conference, top 15 in the country, second weekend. Yeah, yeah, we'd all be okay with that. Sign and, again, me up. and again, and again, you ask ceiling. Okay, you ask ceiling. Yeah, all right? that's all we're going to talk about today. I'm that's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's all we're going to talk about today. Rabbi. There's no one we would rather talk to really any week than you, but especially a week like this where there is just so much news going on. This Malik Renault commitment was an incredible story that Ward talked about. You were a huge part of just kind of walking us through this for the last several weeks. Pigs.com, if you are not a premium member, I do not know what you're waiting for. I mean, if you're listening to us (laughs) and you're not a premium member on Pigs, you have to go check into the hospital. I mean, there's clearly just you have either a severe concussion or something is seriously wrong, maybe terminal. So, uh, Rabbi, we love you, man. We love the insight. We love the perspective. We love the honesty because there are some some, you know, tricky stuff happening with Indiana, too, on roster construction and what may play out over these next couple of weeks. But we know that you'll you'll give it to it straight and you'll give it to us first. So thank you so much, DJ Jazzy Jeff Rabjohns. Always enjoy it, boys. Thanks so much. You guys have a good week. Get some sleep, Rabbi. <laughs> I'll try. That was a guest. That was a guest. He's just the best. I mean, Rabbi's it's, it's the best. Rabbi's the best. Rabbi's the best. 
Ravi is the, the best. best. There we go. Uh, <laughs> it's two fifteen in the morning for him. Two fifteen in the morning. He was start. He like he, you could see the glaze was starting to come over. Yep. Uh what a day! What a what a what an incredible day for Indiana University basketball for Kenya Hunter, for Mike Woodson, for Jalen Hood Shafino. I mean, Jalen Hood Shafino may come in to Bloomington more beloved than anyone in recent memory because of not only committing to Indiana as a five-star point guard, but the way he has recruited Malik Renault, made that happen, and the style in which he's done it. It's just, uh, he's a fan favorite already, and we know how amazing he is from a personality standpoint. Totally. And we've heard so many times over the years, sometimes to the, the attribute or to the detriment of a recruitment, uh, like, oh, he knows this guy. They played together. Does that matter? And usually the response, usually from Rabbi is like, nah, not really. Guys kind of respect each other, what they're doing, you know, and Keon's going to do his thing and Trace is going to do his thing, whatever. And so we've kind of gotten, I think, programmed to thinking, well, that actually doesn't matter much. In this case, it it was almost everything. Clearly Kenya and Woody played a big part. Um, but but this was a case of I, I, I don't know if if we would have gotten a visit uh, or, or or return phone call if Jalen hadn't already been working on this guy. I think it's 100% right. I mean, I don't think we have a chance at Malik Renault if Jalen Hood Shafino isn't here and doing what he did. So we love you, Fino. Fino's the best. best. Fino's the, the best. best. All right. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But, but the, the sometimes, sometimes why? Make sure you go to HHNIL.com, HHNIL.com to check out what we're doing with the Hoosier Hysterics and IL Collective. And we will talk to you next week. What? (laughs) What is that? It's late here, too. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.